Hey guys, welcome to episode 12. The fire has never been hotter, the hole's never been deeper. Oh my god. <laughs> episode 12. <laughs> what did we do this time, Richard? We talked with uh, Danny Lajoie. Yes, the author of our theme to Fire in a Hole, which that those sweet sounds you hear every time. Absolutely. Uh, we talked about the creative process. We talked about misophonia. Uh, different types of intelligence. Stories that stuck with us and some dream talk yeah this one uh, went a little long but uh, in all the right ways because uh, the fact is we just had to cut it off because it was just pure magic uh, if you have the stamina I guarantee you there's not there's no filler in this one on my challenge by the ancient laws of combat we are met at this chosen ground to settle for good and all who holds sway over the five points? Us natives born rightwise to this fine land, or the foreign hordes defiling it. Days of fire in a hole. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Twelve trials. <laughs> yeah. Uh, twelve monkeys. Uh, twelve step programs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going through all the twelves. I think this marks uh, we've we've done more than twenty hours of podcasts if you put it all together. Have we? Yeah. We're like an hour twenty now. This is great. <laughs> it's crazy, man. If you want to catch up on our, our episodes, you have to basically spend an entire day. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you want to do it back to back, it's crazy. I'd be honestly concerned about anyone that that I'd be like, listen. I mean, I I appreciate that you you digging this stuff, but <laughs> you did it in a, in a day. Yeah, dial it back a bit. Dial it back. <laughs> it's too much fire in your hole. That's right. <laughs> your hole cannot take all that fire. <laughs> no hole should be fired. That proceed part. with caution. Proceed with caution. Use as directed. Yes. Like video games, you know, like apparently some video games have this now where if you if you go at it a little bit too hard, it'll it'll throw in like a comical little maybe you should go for a walk message. Yeah. Um, Open a window. Yeah. Go outside. It's a beautiful day. Right. Yeah, the yeah. Wii was doing that for the longest time. Well, like we were making fun of it, like, fuck you, Wii. Don't tell me how to live. <laughs> Don't tell me what to <laughs> do. The boss of me. Yeah. I'll do what I want. So episode twelve. Yeah. And uh uh, we're doing it a little bit uh, intimate style. We brought the lights down. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we're doing one. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of excited about this one. I don't know where it's going to go, but to help no us idea. take it to that mysterious place where it may or may not yield wisdom and entertainment, we have with us once again returning guest, powerhouse, music aficionado, composer, writer, singer, guitarist, drummer, harmonica player. <laughs> Backpipe ninja, uh, tuba, tuba master, um, mostly tuba master, mostly tuba master, a tubular man. Some would some would say. Uh, Danny Lajoie is with us here again. Our second returning guest. Yes, and this is uh, a special one. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> I was hoping to be the first returning guest. Were you? I was usurped <laughs> by Gene. <laughs> but uh, are you? 
Are was, you coming for him? Are you coming for him? I'm coming for you, Gene. <laughs> One of these days, we're going to be on a podcast together. And then settle settle the score. Yeah, we'll have to settle it. Yes. He's snuck in there. He's a sneaky one. It was just yesterday, it. wasn't it? This was yesterday. Um, but uh, this is a special one for us because, well, I mean, um, we immediately knew we'd want to have you back on. Uh, but also, we have you to thank for our absolute kick-ass intro music. I want to thank you for that. Ah, thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, but... I, not to take anything away from the holster guys that are that are got you back and are bringing uh, the noise with you, but uh, you knocked it out of the park and in a disconcertingly quick, with a quick delivery. Like, you had that <laughs> thing. We're like, yeah, you know, somewhere if you have some time, maybe... You could see your way clear to understanding that you have obligations. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. here it is. What? <laughs> yeah. Here's a song. What song? The song for the intro. Really? Is it any good? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm like, holy shit. This is it was fact. What? It was two hours? Yeah. Well, it was funny because uh, the first... Yeah, tell the story. Well, the, there was the first uh, episode that I was on with you guys, and I jokingly, well, half-jokingly said, like, oh, I could make a theme song for you guys. And you were, like, immediately like, no, no. <laughs> uh, you had a very visceral reaction against it. Right. Because uh, of the, the song that I wrote for you previously... <laughs> But you didn't. You didn't take me seriously. You didn't think I was actually saying no, right? Uh, well, I, you know, there was some genuine fear in your voice. Really, <laughs> I was completely, completely disingenuous. I didn't pick up on this at all. I, I was. It was just so fast. It was like okay. uh, no. Um, but then you said because you because of the song that I wrote for you in the past, which, which I love, is, by the way. <laughs> I love that jingle you wrote for me years ago. We still have to find it. We still have to find that. Yeah, yeah. I'm tearing the hole. Uh, we'll the hole. Um, but yeah, man, just uh, just great. How, how did so the, then? Uh, what was the genesis here. So then, uh, so then, what happened was like I kind of forgot about it entirely, and then uh, and then, forty two minutes later, I got well. I think I had a night that I had stayed out very late, and then uh, oftentimes as I'm rolling around in bed. Uh, I probably shouldn't be doing this, but uh, rolling around in bed, I you know, trying to wake up, you grab your phone, see what's going on in the world a little bit, fall back asleep again, you know, have, you sleep for another couple hours. There's no emergencies. <laughs> yeah, I got a message from Richie saying like, "Where's my theme song, motherfucker?" <laughs> <laughs> Having a brother must rock for that. Just one yeah. reason you can, yeah. you can go there right, right from the start. Yeah. So I, that that was my wake up uh, message. It's like, where's my theme song, motherfucker? <laughs> Morning. Yeah. Oh, hello to you too. <laughs> so then I was like, well, are you serious? I could, I could, I could do something. Uh, and uh, and so Richard was like, yeah, actually, we turns out we need something because to go on YouTube, you can't use. I mean, you guys were using Rage Against the Machine, which is a fantastic song. Great song. Great song. Yeah. But YouTube doesn't allow you to, to just... Uh, well, we were always aiming originally to, like, we started out with nothing, and the idea was always, like, little by little, we'll convert to original content in every way. Right, yeah. But this uh, real theme song, without your contribution, was a good six months away, and, and yeah. talking to people, and probably having to say no to some people and yes and yeah yeah right so like you just came in uh and you saved the day 
So then, yeah, so I wake up that day and uh, I didn't really have much planned that day, but it was one of those days where you wake up really, really late. Like I woke up, I think I ended up waking up at four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. Well, I'll give it a, a, a crack. And then so, uh, so uh, the way that I work, I have, I have um, like hundreds and hundreds of little voice memos of song ideas. And so that was one of them that I that I kind of had in mind because it's it's aggressive sounding a little bit. So I was like, I'll try and make a version of that. And then so uh, yeah, two hours later, maybe three hours later, it's funny because I had I had a buddy. He's like, Where are you? I was supposed to be somewhere that night. He's like, Where are you? Where are you? I'm like I'm working on something. <laughs> I'll be there in a little bit. <laughs> I kept putting it off like half an hour, an hour. Uh, Mostly, I was just listening to it over and over. It's like, is it right? Is it right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it started off doing the the drum track, recorded the bass line, recorded the the guitar track, and then I th- I think I spent the rest of the two hours just listening to it <laughs> over and over. Like, oh, something, it was, it's it's really <laughs> it's really perfect. And I'll tell you for just from really quickly from my perspective, the reason it's perfect is because. Uh, it was not in any way a rip on the on the original uh, Rage song. Yeah. But it captured that exact emotional, rhythmic, um, it, that exact spark that made us go to Sleep Night on the Fire in the first place. Yeah. Right? But it, it, it was a perfect example of what a piece looks like that has inspiration in it. And has the moods, but is not a carbon copy of something. Yeah. And it's something that I think is incredibly difficult to do. It, it definitely has its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the thing is that, like, that was an idea. I think if I had just sat down and tried to, to like, come up with something on the spot. So, like, we talked about it last time. Like, the trial and error method has never been my way of doing things. So, that was already kind of, like, it was something that I recorded as a voice memo uh you know months and months ago and so when i was thinking of which one to go for i already had that idea i was like oh this would be perfect and you might actually make it into something like another song like yeah you you said that to me you're like well you can use this but i might turn it into something that was my immediate comment when i i immediately said please tell me this is a song because i started coming up with arrangements for it in my mind yeah yeah. which i don't even write music yeah i was like i could all like i could picture having listened to enough of your music and different styles that you bring i was like okay i already started like riffing on it in the back of my head yeah and i'm like it would be already i have vocals i have have like a bunch of different ideas i can't wait to hear it seriously like uh, and i you might think i'm blowing smoke here but that song just that little bit of it that we have that is the intro is how i would like to make every single how would i would love every one of my films to be like you know what i mean that means a lot man like it i mean maybe i just it meant some things to me that it didn't tell other people very likely but it really like that's how i would want to create things from i think that's how i've always wanted my my creations to look where the discriminating listener or watcher can say, oh, I see what you did there, or I see what this harkens back to, or what this is nodding to, but it's very much its own thing. I think you achieve that, whether you realize or not, and, uh, like, uh, just, I've rarely encountered something that is immediately locked 
locked my uh, attention. So I was so excited to send it to you guys too. Like as, as soon as I exported it into a file, I was like, I sent it to both of you guys separately. Like, <laughs> Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christmas came early for Carnival. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a little, uh, just a quick question, because like, I've told you this before, I've always been incredibly fascinated by the songwriting Sure. Yeah. Uh, like to me, it's a mysterious thing, right? Um, and then you hear sometimes singers of bands and in interviews go on about how, like, well, you know, we just got into writing and writing. But I know that that singer is not particularly inclined towards playing instruments or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when Ozzy keeps going on about how they wrote a record, I keep wondering, like, how the fuck do you write a record with Ozzy? Yeah. What does he do? Does he just come in and just start like, <laughs> and then you go, right? So yeah. when you do these voice memos, yeah, uh, do you just hum the the melody that comes to mind, or do you go like A sharp, uh, B flat, etc.? No, I just hum it. Okay. I probably sound like a crazy person. Like I've been on the bus sometimes. I'm like hiding away with my phone, like trying to be as quiet as I possibly can. Just like, like a lot of, <laughs> you know. And then uh, whether it's a vocal line or a drum beat or a bass line, whatever it is, it's like that's that's the idea for the song. And uh, and then other little parts will come in, uh, but. It, the cool thing, actually, if we if we think about it, um, technology has changed my life in that way. Uh, I was I was very reluctant to ever get a cell phone. Right. I was like the last of my friends to get a cell phone. I remember Mikey. I called him Cell Phone Mike for the longest time because he, he was got, your he was your cell phone. He, he well he he was like my closest buddy that broke first. Oh, okay. I was like, look at a cell phone Mike over here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And then now like I have flip, like flip phone. Yeah, it was it was like probably a Motorola Razor <laughs> like the, like the day. There's probably at some point there was an A track mic, right? Oh, look yeah, at yeah. look at Mike with his A track. Yeah. <laughs> look at Mike with his Beta Max. Yeah, Beta yeah. Max mic. Right. Okay, so there was Mike. So I I would give him shit about it, but now um having a having a phone in my pocket at all times, it's a like a recording studio, you mean? Re- yeah. Yeah. Seriously, because like I, I remember when I was a kid, I would be on the bus and I would have a song idea that would pop into my head, and then you try and you try and just repeat it, hoping that it's gonna stick in your in your head like a like a phone number would, you know? Right. You know how you would just like be like just repeat the phone number. Uh, <laughs> Thanks a lot, cell phone Richard. Thanks, right. cell phone Richard. <laughs> um, you try and repeat a phone number until it sticks. Like that's how I used to remember them. Yeah. <laughs> Five one four. I totally used to do that. Yeah. That's still you like, sing it like a little song in yeah. your head, hoping that it's gonna stick, right? Right. So that's what I would do with song ideas. I would hope that they would just stick the way that phone numbers would, but they never would, because there's there's a lot more to it. It's not just the numbers. There's rhythm, there's notes, you know, there's there's a lot more variables. So you can remember the note structure, but then you forget the rhythm, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, the, the, the song idea is gone. It's right. gone. So really, I realized that if you, if I was to fall asleep before I recorded it, it's gone forever. 
now having this uh, this device in my pocket at all times, it's it's literally changed my life because no ideas are ever lost again. You know? Unless you lose your phone, Unless like you like Kirk Hammett did apparently. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, there was a big big brouhaha about that, and he was really upset because apparently he has this similar process to yours. Okay. And uh, like he's a soloist the whole bit. Yeah. And, and uh, he lost his phone, and I, they, while they never came out and said it, I think it's pushed the album back like six months. Really? Yeah. Because I don't doubt it. Heavily dependent on his. Yeah, phone for riffs and and just like I think he does the exact same thing. He yeah. just like mumbles into his phone and, bloop, 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 and yeah. then just a bunch of his ideas got lost. Dude, if like it, I'm terrified of the idea. First of all, I'm terrified of the idea of losing my phone just because I don't back up my shit enough. So there's literally hundreds of ideas that would be lost if I was to lose my phone. But even <laughs> I'm also terrified of the idea of somebody finding it and then just being like. Hmm, what's all this? What's taking up all this space on this phone? And then looking into it, and it's just like the ravings of a crazy person. <laughs> just like. <laughs> and then, like, Something the next one's like. This is. One, two, three, four. But you know, it's so funny that this is this is the kind of crazy thoughts I've had. So yeah. I, I totally. I don't. Tell me, Richard, if you've been there. Uh, have you ever run that scenario? Just like we've all run the like, what would I do if I killed myself scenario? Like, how would I do it? Right? When you hear a story about somebody offing themselves, you're like, oh my God, that's a horrible way to do it. What the fuck? <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. I would get a Harley and then douse myself in gasoline and fly off a, a cliff in Arizona or some other person. Like, no, no, that's not the way you do it. And like, totally rational people that are happy in life will have a theoretical discussion about these things. So yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever had this scenario run through your head, but like the scenario of someone finding your phone or stealing it and then actually feeling pressure as to whether they'll respect your musical taste if they go through your <laughs> musical CDs. Well, they think, they're like, well, you this guy, wow. Well, this guy I stole this phone from is, uh, yeah. This guy knows music. You want his approval? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how sad is that? You want the approval of this fictional person that stole your Who's phone. stolen your this phone. piece of shit. You're yeah, reorganizing your the music on your phone to make sure if it ever gets lost. <laughs> the same way that you always have that worry about having clean underwear in case yeah, you get injured. Yeah. And that you don't want the doctors to ever ever find you nasty if they have to take you in. <laughs> I'm so stupid about it though. Like I don't have a pin code on my phone at all. Like, do you guys have that? Do you have the? Good do you lock know. your phone? I do. Good to I know. do. Do you lock your phone? Yeah. Do you lock your phone? I don't. I used to, but like I don't have anything on my phone that. I do it so my kids, your kids can't like go to town on it because oh, I've got one that, that makes sense. Um, I get one that will just like try every button. Yeah. And, uh, and then you've got my little one. He'll just, he'll go on a, he's figured out, he's two and a half. He's figured out the camera. He knows how to activate it. Oh, dude, it's crazy. Eh? And it's not a bunch of black shots and thumbs, right? He yeah. will just, he will map the entire apartment. <laughs> it's like it's properly framed. Almost. But they're not There's pictures of nothing. There's a narrative to it. <laughs> he just documents the entire, the, everything that's around him. And it's super cute because it's from his height. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a famous story in, I forget which film, a uh, Russian film or something, that was an art film. And um, it was the talk of all of the scholars in film schools. And it was taught and dis dissected ad nauseum. And what a masterpiece it was because the, 
the, the, this particular director had chosen to shoot the film at a low, at a low angle or at okay. a very low level. And like there are literally like uh, philo- philosophical treaties on like why because he was discussing the the class it's a class war and he was talking about the little man and how the world is so big for someone without the social means and da 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 yeah and years later it just came out that the the cameraman was a midget <laughs> excuse me a small person oh yeah <laughs> yeah sorry the, you triggered the cam- me there. <laughs> that triggered you the cameraman was it, it was the most hilarious ex- exposing of like academic douchery ever yeah because yeah. the director or whoever really revealed it was like no no it was just a cameraman was like a little man Right. Like it wasn't intentional. It just no, happened to be. Like it was that. four foot two or whatever, and then that's where how that's where he held the camera, and the director thought that was kind of interesting, and he went with this guy. Yeah, and so that to me is hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. That's what I was gonna say there's, there's probably like a photography project in there. There is, in fact, you know, someone like in my school th- did it. Oh yeah, uh, I did like it. through the eyes of a child sort of thing. Actually, what they did was the reverse. So I was in this class called experimental. Uh, sorry, it was called uh, uh, film. Jeez, I'm trying to remember. It was the idea was to take to to discover no, to challenge the mechanics of film. So the idea was that film exists the way it does because of certain mechanical needs, and people sit in the theater in the dark because the projector needs to have primacy and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so right. this this class was about going. What if we move this over here? What if we put this back there? And the teacher would just show us a bunch of uh, really cool articles and videos. And then he would go like, okay, well, as a project, I need you guys to go out there, uh, rent whatever you want out of the equipment room and just do something that challenges the medium. Right. Um, and there were all kinds of cool things. I, I, what I came up with, I think, was actually smarter than I actually am. <laughs> I, I stumbled on a brilliant thing that I don't even fully understand. And I've never gone back to it because it terrifies me. But this girl in our class, who was like five feet tall, uh, all she did was she grabbed the stick and she put a GoPro at the tip of it and walked around with it a whole day. Mm. And when we heard about it, we're like, okay, well, how's that a project? Until she revealed that her life was, a, she had a, she lived life from five, five feet or four, 11. Right. And you don't think about that. Right. And she wanted to know what life looked like, what the world looked like at six, two. Hmm. And yeah. and then when she showed the footage, we were spellbound as we realized someone over six feet, little things like on a rainy day, that person doesn't see any faces because he, all he sees are the tops of umbrellas. Hmm. Ah, that's a really cool idea. Isn't yeah. that deep? Yeah, that's great. All she did was put a GoPro on a stick, right? So there is something to that. And I'm not surprised that those scholars went into it and tried to find all this meaning because there is yeah but they're just it was an accidental thing you know what could be really cool um what could be really cool would be to like to shoot the exact same day from the two different perspectives you know right Uh, have somebody at like the four foot and then have six nine and then have the six nine have the exact same scenes play out like they're just walking next to each other sort of thing or the exact, or just like the exact same character, they but like an same. alternate 
alternate version of the same character. The same, like the, the same only route, di- like the same yeah. journey, right? Yeah, yeah. You have two GoPros, one on your belt and one on like on the stick. Oh yeah. But didn't yeah. that doesn't that? Yeah, because then you could have the exact really same. the exact same. Scene. Doesn't that yeah. blow your mind? Just that simplicity of yeah. the realizing that you think everyone has the same perspective, right? But something like just height, yeah, will will change it or yeah. eyesight. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's or, huge. I just like you're the ability. You're, you're right. Some people don't actually see past twenty feet. Yeah, but that's their life. They're functional. Yeah, I went through. Uh, you know, like I, I did the laser eye surgery. Uh-huh. Um, for the longest time, like I had, I had, you know, I had pretty severe myopia and uh, and astigmatism in my left eye, like uh, like our father. Um, and uh, and so my vision was getting worse and worse, but I I've never been somebody that goes like to get it checked out all the time. I'm more the type to just kind of deal with it. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, I remember one day I actually just went and got a new prescription for my glasses, and then like looking at the world after I got the new prescription, it's like holy shit, this is what the world looks like. Cause you. When it's this it's gradual, little, it's a little, little by little by little, yeah, little, by little by little by little, you re, like you don't you don't really notice that everything's getting blurrier. Yeah, but then all of a sudden, when you get a new prescription to your glasses, and then it's like you're looking at the world with new eyes. Mm. You know, you're like, holy shit, everything's everybody sees like this. Yeah, so much of so much of so weird of what we believe and know and think depends on what we see perception yeah yeah and we don't think like we uh, we all do the mistake of assuming that everyone thinks like us until we stop and go wait that's a ridiculous idea of course everyone thinks whatever they think right but we make same the same assumptions about about uh you know perception and and yeah. that we assume everyone here is the same way and no yeah right and then you're like how could you not how could you sit in this mcdonald's with your coffee with that goddamn Christmas music, like, right? How does it not drive you fucking up the wall? And you're like, what? Oh, oh, the Christ. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, there it is. Yeah, I, I didn't notice it. You're like, yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with them. It just they they they're not tuned in the same way to the same different things. Right? Yeah. I deal with uh, a bunch with like uh, I have a tr- I have trouble with mouth noises. Um, yeah, there's a there's a condition for that. Like they people chewing name. and stuff. People chewing with their mouths open, or like even like I don't I I've always had a I've never been a huge fan of like PDA and like public displays of affection. If people are making out uh, right in front of me. Oh yeah, yeah, the sloppy. I'm not I'm not the hugest fan of it, but I don't mind it so much as long as they're not making noises with their mouths if like, i can hear in movies, it, it in movies it grosses you out oh right? my god it's disgusting it's mis- misophonia misophonia okay what yeah. would it could you give us a it's, definition it's a sensitivity to mouth noises oh really wow yeah. that's so specific yeah huh like chomping and slurping and like those kinds of like, there are times that um that i'm eating around other people that are also eating and they're making noises with their mouths. Uh, they're just like, because I've I've always chewed with my mouth closed, even if I'm even if my um, nose is like blocked, you know, I'll still like I'll 
still chew with my mouth closed. Right, right. <laughs> I think Jamie might be on the same level as you on that. He told yeah. us a story, an anecdote. Jamie Weekend was yeah. a weekend we had the show uh, where he described someone he knew or someone he sat with yeah. going to town on like shrimp or something in, okay. a, in a really no, like non-considerate way. Yeah. And how like uh, he just he just like it was driving him crazy. So mealtime can be a torture. The sounds of other people eating, chewing, chomping, slurping and gurgling can send them into an instantaneous bloody boiling rage <laughs> yeah. this is a scientific like description of the yeah. situation or as this guy in the new york times is as uh, describing it like rage panic fear terror and anger all mixed together Holy so shit. yeah I, I don't do you do you have like to that intensity would or is i it, feel like, a it very, version? no i feel it very very intensely to a point where i have to stifle the urge to 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 freak out or tell them because it's not okay to tell another adult how to eat (laughs) you can't do that you know so so like if i was to freak out at somebody and be like can you just chew with your mouth closed yeah Uh, can you just not be disgusting please that all of a sudden makes me not cool in that situation. Yeah, yeah, I'm not hard a, to do that with. Okay, I, I thought you were just intolerant, but like this is really something that bugs you. Oh yeah, yeah, it's huge. I have a bit of it too. I, yeah. I remember I was at a, at a museum and we were doing like the tour. Yeah. And there was a guy behind, and he obviously had something wrong with his mouth. Like I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but he had like maybe dentures or something. But he was doing this like horrible kind of <laughs> noise, like but and it was rhythmic like every three seconds he was doing that same that same noise i i couldn't even i couldn't concentrate on what the 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 tour guide was was saying like i i all i heard was him and like to the point where i I needed to move away from him and i would wherever he was going i would go to the opposite side because if he was anywhere near me it would just like the rage was just really yeah yeah i would i would uh almost (laughs) I don't know if I'm saying this just because you're sitting next to me and, and you see everything like cinematically, but I, it makes me think of the, you know, the scene in The Godfather when Michael is about to, to do the hit on the Turk. Yes. And, 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 uh, and the, the, the police captain the, is like yeah. slurping it away on the on spaghetti meatballs or something. Yeah. And, and he's sitting there and, it, and you're just hearing the train going by, like the train's getting louder and louder. And is, that's how I feel in those situations. Okay. It's like, it's like every, like, it's just like this intense feeling. I, I almost, you can almost hear the trains going by, you know, it's like, wow. it's a crescendo of noises. It's a crescendo of noises, and I'm just trying to keep it together to be able to, to, to not freak out, not freak out, and be able to respond if somebody's talking to me. To be able to, but like really, it's just like this, all I can hear is that it's crazy. It's super man. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. I don't think I have it as bad, but I, I, I have it, and I have a. Uh, we have a mutual friend who also has that, but it's specific to certain things. It's like she can't listen to somebody crack into like a carrot. And, and chew on a carrot like that, uh-huh. that like this? crunchy stuff I would prefer not to say okay <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to outer yeah yeah <laughs> tell but, me in sign language yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, really so just uh, hearing the uh, just hearing okay hearing a really yeah oh, okay so um, um, 
send us $500 and I will reveal the name of the person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really? So that something it's like, like very that. very specific, very specific to certain certain noises. And it because different uh, foods make different noises, like it, it, it comes down to like, okay, carrots bother me. I well, know. carrots are particularly crunchy. Yeah, celery is very crunchy. So does that bother you if somebody's like breaking off like oh. a, like a thing? Even if they have their mouth closed and they break off a thing? Well, it's it's hard to break it off and have the sound not. Yeah, because you're biting on the, it. Like yeah, there's a biting noise, and then you start chewing. But if you that doesn't bother me. Actually, actually, that doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, it's when people are continuing to speak while they're while they're chewing oh yeah yeah i had uh somebody like like they were chewing on uh nuts they had like a handful of nuts they're they're chewing on the nuts while speaking to me and uh and and like a piece of the nuts from their chewed up nuts like came onto my cheek like oh yeah and i'm and I'm already, I'm already having trouble. You're triggered. I'm already triggered. <laughs> so triggered. I'm already so triggered at this moment. And then a piece of the nut comes onto Ooh. my face, chewed up with wait, his saliva. Wait, was this a goat? Uh, was this a person? This is a human. This is a. I've never. How I can't. How do you eat? How do you even like? How hungry was this person? It sounds like Cookie Monster was fucking. I don't think he was even hungry. I think he was just careless. Just not aware that these things... It's bad form, is what it is. It's just not aware that these Cookie things... Monster has an excuse. It's like what we were talking about. He has about. no throat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like what we were talking about, like perception and and the certain things that, that you don't know how these things are affecting other people around you. You're never going to... He'll never know that that's how he was affecting me at that moment. Even though there was probably like a look of horror on your face at that moment. I'm just like trying to keep it together the best <laughs> that I possibly can at that Not moment. Not even paying attention know? to what, what he's saying. I have no idea what he's saying. No idea. <laughs> All you you know, you just made me realize that like you guys are opening my eyes to like this whole world I was not aware of. I had this wrong. Maybe this is an actual thing that probably no, people are sensitive to. That, yeah. uh, it's huge. It's huge. I think for a lot of people. Maybe actually. more people have it than, than than I think a lot of people. Well, have clearly it. because it's there's a whole uh, name for it, right? I wonder how many people have it. Yeah, I wonder if there's some stats I'm, on that. I'm gonna look it up. Well, okay. Well, I definitely know that. Uh, that <laughs> I have that very much. Uh-huh. I I can, to a certain degree, be like. I don't think I feel it as, as strongly as you do. Yeah. Uh, and, and I can think of a few circumstances in films where I've seen someone make a, a like a mouth noise. Yeah. But it actually made accentuated it for the better. Okay. And it stayed in my mind. Like, uh, I have a very specific example. Uh, um, Dances with Wolves. Okay. And I, I probably wouldn't recommend the scene to you at this point, but there's this coach driver, this like, slobby coach driver that takes the main character to his uh the kevin costner character yeah he takes him to his to the outpost where he's where he's asked to be reassigned to and he's just like this lonely slobby disgusting cowboy coach driver and just before he like something happens to him he's making himself bacon and he's just like it's sizzling in his pan and he's just like oh man this can be so good and he's just sizzling and he just kind of slurps in the first one. And you're like, I just never wanted bacon so badly as in that scene. I still think yeah. about that. When I think of bacon, I think of how 
he he wolfed down that, that thing. But now I realize that like I clearly don't have that sensitivity because that would have been unbearable for me. Right, right, right. Had I this this level of sensitivity to it. According to Wikipedia, for whatever that's worth, it could be as high as twenty percent of the population. Wow. That, that suffer from a form of this. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want. Do, do they? But it's unknown, like in in general. It's not. That well, I think a lot of people probably aren't. Aren't talking about it as well, you know? Like, yeah, and if you're on the low end of the spectrum, and you just find mouth noise is kind of gross, rather right. than like inducing, you know, blood curdling rage. Yeah, the, it, that's the part I find really fascinating. Like the intolerance is one thing, but to to lead to like actual hostility, that's really fascinating. Yeah. I don't think I'm uh, I'm as severe, but I definitely have a touch of it, and our dad has it too. Yeah, yeah. I, in fact, I I wonder uh, how much of it comes from our dad. Because uh, he was very unto- intolerant to that. Super intolerant at the at the dinner table. He would uh, he would always give us like shit reprimand you for if if we if we chewed with our mouth open it, it would immediately it would be a problem. I, yeah, I, well, I had that in my family too, but it was more an etiquette like this: no slurping of soup, no yeah. chewing with your mouth open, yeah. uh, no lifting of the elbows into the air when you're cutting meat or food. No um, lifting of your elbows. Yeah, like, like you not like you this? you shouldn't have them like like Chicken. in the air. Okay. Uh, although I didn't get it as hard, but my mom uh, always tells me the story about how her our my grandfather, who was a severe severe individual, uh, used to what he used to do actually was was almost caring and and progressive for for his character, is he used to stick quarters under in her armpits. Uh, and then if she could keep them there and have her meal and not drop them um, and cut with them, then she could keep the change and go buy bubble gum or whatever. Whoa, <laughs> really? Yeah. That's yeah. intense. Whoa. But that's like really progressive 21st century, like uh, positive reinforcement. That's fucked. And my grandfather was one of those like, let the baby cry. He's a man now. It's like, he's, he's six months old. He's a man. Like, <laughs> he was that kind of guy. Yeah. So this is almost like an anomaly in his... Uh, Otherwise, old world uh, brutishness. Yeah. Fuck. He was a doctor, by the way. <laughs> I, that's what I'm going to start doing, actually. Yeah, did that blow your I'm mind? Just, I'm just going to start passing around coins. If I'm eating around you guys, we're like... <laughs> There's a shiny quarter yeah. here <laughs> for everyone that keeps their goddamn mouth shut yeah. while they're eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's more where this came from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the way that you bring it up to people in the future. Yeah. You know, the yeah. next guy who's like spitting nuts at you, you'd be like, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to, here's, here's an idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You slam down like a, a bunch of toonies on the table. Yeah, yeah. Or pennies. Let's yeah. play a game. Discontinued pennies. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You These will be uh, worth something one day. You guys yeah. want to play a game while we're eating? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a bit weird, but uh, hear me out. Who, who can shut the fuck up the longest? <laughs> <laughs> Let's play that game. That's, <laughs> who, can, who can saw their mouth the trap shut for just for this 20 minutes that I want to enjoy my meal? <laughs> you, you know the rules. This isn't a toy. It kind of is. No, actually, it's a highly sophisticated interlocking brick system. But we bought it at the toy store. We did, but the way I'm using it makes it an adult thing. The box for this one said ages 8 to 14. That's a suggestion. They have to put that on there. What I've been uh, reading about quite a bit uh, this past few weeks with my students, excuse me, there I go again, um, has been this... um, 
idea of the way that we've been measuring intelligence as a society in North mm. America pr- primarily for the longest time. Mm. Like IQ um, tests. The IQ tests, and uh, which became a bit of a novelty as we grew up, and you could take them as a novelty and then go to work and brag to your friends. It's almost like taking a BuzzFeed quiz and totally. like what... What X Men character are you? Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. Which, which Star Wars character? Which X Men yeah, character? Yeah. But um, just like uh, Freudian psychology has been kind of debunked uh, largely by new new research and new new studies, a lot of that intelligence measuring stuff is being turned on its head as right. we speak, uh, and and we underestimate the how significant this IQ stuff has been because it's culturally biased, etc. Or well. Yes, but before we get to the fact that it was never measured properly and like the tests were never standardized and there were a bunch of problems in that way, this was, I mean, even up to the 50s, an actual way of determining who was going to be stamped dumb or smart. Yeah. Right? In a very unnuanced way, right? There was no such thing as like, well, your IQ is through the roof, but you may be socially, socially stunted. It was just like, oh, high IQ, win. Right. Low IQ, you're packing fish at the docks. Yeah, right? Yeah. And admittance in like American schools and all that, it was just a very simple chart. Yeah. You were below and there was no accounting for someone who may not process information in, this, in, in like the empirical way. Or be able to develop relationships and anything. yeah there's no yeah. there's there's no consideration for uh, emotional intelligence whatsoever none, none. so then you have psychopaths and sociopaths and running society yeah so you can solve a math problem so now you're the head of a company exactly yeah. and uh there's been really brilliant talks at, uh, by 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 accomplished professors and like academics lately who have challenged even the the structuring of the schools and have said how the primacy of the of the of the subjects has been hurtful to our society because it's put this hierarchy on things with maths and the, and the, and the languages and the, you know, the sciences at the top and creativity, uh, dance, um, artistry is kind of like the low end of this, you know, and I, and I have a bunch of French students from France who tell me that the school system is still very much regimented this way Mm, where you're like, Oh, it's going to be arts for you. Oh, well, I guess there goes our hopes say it says, you know, a set of right, right. Okay, but this ties into what 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 is it called? The insensitive, uh, the intolerance to uh, misophonia. This comes back to misophonia because it reminded me. So I uh, started looking at what are some popular theories now in that are being um, sort of p- posited, and one that comes up, uh, one that I came across that I think is pretty popular, by um, Howard Gardner, who I'm assuming is a researcher, um, an expert. Uh, is the you may have heard of it? It's the concept of the nine intelligences, the nine types of intelligence. Okay. okay. So what it does is it completely flips the script on the intelligence measuring. What it says is we're actually much more like video game characters. It doesn't actually say that, but I just made that connection because I've, <laughs> I've played video games. But it very much, and I'm maybe, maybe even uh, uh, Fred Nguyen, who who mentioned that his dad kind of designed him. I'm coming like for a, you, Fred. We love you, Fred. We're coming for you too, for in some way. Um, and we'll all lose because you're a martial arts master. Um, that in fact we all possess these nine categories of intelligence. Uh, that. A, l- a large percentage of us have a primacy in one of the categories. Then there are sets of people who have these like double, triple specialties. 
um, but everyone's pretty much has an inclination towards. But so what it actually has revealed um, is that there are these intelligences that I think so far we've written off as curiosities. So if I can go through this list with you guys really go, quickly, yeah, okay, without reading you the whole thing here. So there's something called naturalist intelligence, okay, uh, or uh, quote unquote nature smart. Now the idea behind this is that it designates the human ability to discriminate among living things, such as plants and animals, as well as sensitivity to other features of the natural world, such as rock configurations, uh, textures of of, of uh, liquids. Um, this ability clearly had some value in our evolutionary past, right? Like uh, to to like find our ways around. This yeah. is what's going on when um, when you're like camping, right? And when you're like you're feeling your way through things, whereas the other right. person's just like, I'll just be in my tent. Some people just they take over the fire, like yeah, they're, they're, they're like, poking it, yeah. they're they're arranging it. But this is also like that. Uh, we used to call these people. We 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 used to say, oh well, you know, Jerry just has like a green thumb. Like he's just right. If you want to plan something, just talk to Jerry. But that was never acknowledged as, as a, a form of intelligence, as an actual form of intelligence. Right. But apparently, it is for sure. It is that makes total sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's musical intelligence, which is one that we're familiar with. But what it has uh, in its description that I has ne- I've never seen added before is not only this idea of the intelligence that um, to to, uh, to create and reproduce sounds, but pitch, rhythm, uh, timbre, tone, and all that stuff, but it also sensitivity to to the music, mm. like this idea of being able to hear it, right, and distinguish really like the nuances in it, which is a double-edged sword. <laughs> yes. Because I think that's also why I fucking can't hand, handle mouth noises. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, that's what I was thinking of yeah. when you were describing it. Yeah. Because clearly you're a musician. Yeah. Uh, clearly you're you're very very in tune uh, with these things. And uh, uh, someone I know, uh, two two guys I know who are brilliant musicians have the same thing. They're yeah. Completely nuts about music, but it also makes them intolerant. In a in a and sense. And you're very aware of of any kind of noise any going kind on. of noise. like if there's like background music and stuff like like what you were talking about before like people just tune out the music you're you're hyper aware oh jason you were calling him before i i was like your phone's ringing you didn't even know it but I was no like, i didn't oh. pick up on it yeah like your it phone's on, ringing it was on yeah. vibrate yeah, yeah so either this condition that you described is an actual condition um um by itself in its own realm or this could be some sort of byproduct of having an incredibly attuned antenna so uh then we got existential intelligence which is a bit vague but the idea is like this basically accounts for these people you know who don't just like talking about why are we here and what is the universe or whatever but they can go at it for hours and i think all intelligent aware and self-questioning people have a little bit of that like well what does it all mean right but these are, you know, everyone knows someone like this that you kind of have to at some point like just dis- disconnect from them because they, they could just go for it at, for hours. Right. And these guys, I guess, end up being like the uh, Neil the, uh, Tyson, the grass, the grass, Tyson, the grass yeah. Tysons and those guys. They just have an insatiable stamina and are absolutely in awe and, and, and in curiosity of what's what the metaphysical Right and th- again, th- th- this is an intelligence, right? Yeah. That's so cool. Or they're just inclined towards looking at the big picture, I guess. 
Right, but in in, in like all the, the ultimate big picture, like in where another, are we in the universe? Mm-hmm. In another time, this would have just been seen as like, well, he's very spacey, or you know, he just right. like, would have been the shaman of the village. Right. Yeah. He's wise. The oracle. Or he's just very, uh, you or know, the crazy guy, or the that crazy no one guy. listens. To Probably him. the yeah. crazy guy that, <laughs> right? The crazy guy that no one listens to that talks himself. So then we have uh, interpersonal intelligence, which is one that is very valued in our society. Now, to be very clear, this this is a an intelligence that involves communicating with others. Mm-hmm. So empathy. Um, well, the description is it says it's the ability to understand. So maybe not empathy, but sympathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, interact effectively with others. It involves effective verbal, nonverbal communication, the ability to note distinctions among others, sensitivity to the moods and temperaments of the others, the ability to entertain multiple perspectives. Uh, so teachers, social workers, actors, politicians all exhibit this as generally as a... a uh, Probably some mirroring too. Mirroring. And I feel like you could be a complete sociopath and still be able to... Absolutely. To pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it involves no real understanding of yourself. It's more of like you have you're tuned into exactly what other people are saying. Right. You, you know you can see the micro muscle f- fluctuations in their face and determine immediately if they're on they're with you when you're saying something and then not and then you start shifting the subject and yeah yeah moving from one person to another it's kind of like speaking a different language right everybody reacts to different things and. Mm-hmm. So then comes body, uh, bodily kinesthetic intelligence, which uh, uh, I think is one that we also sort of value in our society. Like athletes, athletes, yeah. right? Athletes, dancers, uh, surgeons, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. Craftspeople, yeah. which craftspeople would not have been put into that category as the same as athletes. They would have been seen and have been seen, even maybe today in most of the world, still seen as people not smart enough to intellectually. Um, break ground but you know he's handy with a hammer like a blacksmith yeah style. it's seen as a low a low skill when mm. in fact it is the same mechanics according to this theory as the, the usain bolts of the world mm. right or mm-hmm. the martial artist that just moves a little bit quicker or the dancer that can just like execute these tiny little meticulous movements maybe right. even guitarists right yeah the guys that can shred versus the guys that session musicians that are just fucking insane. Yeah. yeah, even when they're playing something really basic, like they'll just like they'll their their coordination. Yeah, will melt your heart and right. brain. Right. Uh, linguistic intelligence. So that's sort of self-explanatory. Someone who has an ease with words. He knows which words to put where. Learning other languages. Learning other languages. It has also has. Uh, this is apparently also something that uh, uh, writers storytellers and uh, crossword puzzle uh, freaks mm. uh, have okay. as a high that makes sense yeah you're really like words are a thing you Word, may even yeah, that's your game you may even visualize words like you see the words in the air there's yeah. people who are passionate about crosswords uh-huh yeah wordsmiths yeah i guess you would say right yeah um then we have two Poets. more so we have one that's very interesting because until now i think this may have been uh, this kind of intelligence may have been just uh, bunched in with the interpersonal. This is intrapersonal. So now we're talking about self-smart. Mm. So this is someone who has the capacity to understand themselves and evaluate their own feelings and thoughts. Like uh, Steve. Yeah. Right? So someone who just um, has like a very a knowledge of self 
uh, they will often be uh, uh, psychologists, spiritual leaders, philosophers, just people that will just attract others to them because, but they're, they're also shy. Mm. They're reserved and shy, but they exude this kind of confidence, but what, what, because they actually have some sort of self, self-knowledge. Uh, these would have been shuffled off into you're an introvert or you're uh, autistic or you're an idiot savant or whatever, right? Or he's a quiet, brilliant pianist, like that right. cliche in movies. Yeah, yeah. And finally, you have picture smart. So this is, again, another interesting one. We just call these people visual hmm. versus aud- auditory, right? Mm-hmm. But this is very specific. So spatial intelligence is the ability to think in three dimensions, Core capacities include mental imagery, spatial reasoning, image manipulation, graphic and artistic skills, and active imagination. Uh, sculptors, painters, architects, pilots, pilots, sailors, and boxers. Huh. Right? So they exhibit spatial intelligence because uh, they're, they also tend to be fascinated with uh, mazes, jigsaw puzzles, and maybe dr- daydreamers. So this reminded me of GSP. Right. Whereas I think you, Richard, were the one who was telling me that apparently he's known for this uncanny spatial awareness, and that might, that might be one of his uh, his his strengths. Mm-hmm. It's like he doesn't get cornered, and he doesn't. He always knows exactly where his his strikes are going to land because he has this intuitive sort of understanding of his ability to cover distance over right or to visualize his opponent and visualize ideas in a very three-dimensional as a fighter like spatial awareness is is huge it's huge right it makes sense anyway so i you know you thank you for you know listening to this whole thing but that's great man it's fascinating um, it's really 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 started making me think about all these people and how many people have gotten marginalized very likely by that two-tiered smart or not smart system for the last yeah iq has failed us yeah and it's time to move on from that it's time to move on from iq and and be able to really like appreciate these different types of of uh intelligences that we have as humans yeah yeah and a lot of people i think they use like oh yeah he's emotionally intelligent as a way of saying like oh he's it's he's cute. Dumb. Yeah, he's dumb. <laughs> Basically, he can't cr- crunch the numbers, but uh, you know he's great at parties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But People just love him. just think for a moment if this theory is as solid as I think it is, because it feels right. I don't have yeah. the medical or scientific background to be able to say how solid this is. Think of the effect that this would have on education if we. It'd be huge, right? Yeah. I would love to go through a, a, a schooling system that was geared like designed around that imagine and to not not only to pinpoint your strengths and what you are but be able to shore up some of your weaknesses and to to be like this is somewhere that you're lacking is say whether it's the actually it's really interesting you say that part of the the whole theory here yeah is that all the weak quote-unquote areas for because there are tests that you can take on i think literacy.org okay is a good one. Um, it'll give you your, your three prime categories and yeah. the smaller ones, but it very implicitly says not only can the weaker elements be trained, but there are specific ways to train them. 
Right. Yeah, you cool. can hone those skills. Hmm. You will still be strongest in A, B, or C. Right. That's sure. going to be your natural tendency. Right. Yeah. But you don't have to do. You don't have to say goodbye to the other ones in that fifties. Well, well, I guess, I guess piloting is not for me. Right. I guess science is not for me. Yeah. Right. And so I don't get people. Right. Yeah. You don't it, have to resign to those things. It totally blows my mind. Yeah. Because all we used to do is just shuffle these people off into labor, laborer, uh, manager, uh, president. Yeah. And what if that like blue collar guy that could whip up a fucking bedpost to you in, in like a night, if someone had realized that that's an actual intelligence, yeah, and harnessed that, yeah, you know, and I think we're seeing the emergence of this accidentally already through YouTube, right, with yeah. these like uh, garage work uh, workshop geniuses, yeah, these guys who have like no formal training. And they're banging. They're inventing their own things, and they're little with their little saws and their things. And they're, I think this it feels even truer for that reason. Right. I think that we should, we should also be able to identify if we can identify the things that we're lacking in a little bit, and and yeah, maybe seek to seek to improve. Because with the internet, there's so much out there for you to learn about you know, the things that may not necessarily come natural to you, you know. What a difference would that have made in your life, Richard? Huge. As a kid, right? If someone sure. had, instead of giving you this red or blue pill bullshit, been like, Richard, we've realized that you're a very strong... I'm, I'm, I'm just taking a guess here because I've been reading this shit for a while now. I'm going to guess that you're going to rate really high on intra, intrapersonal intelligence. And also, oh, there, I forgot one category, which was the mathematical, logical which is uh, all of the... That's actually probably what we... The society has worshipped and held up. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what IQ has been. Right. Yeah. Um, but you probably rate very high in that department because you're a very strategic guy. You're, you're, you're a pie cutter, like a cake slicer. Yeah. Um, but also you interpersonal. Fucking cake slicer. You fucking <laughs> cake slicer. But imagine if someone, and as a young, impressionable boy, had said, Richard, I realize now that I'm gonna. We're gonna stop punishing you with fucking oral presentations, mm-hmm. and having you be part of the drama play, you know, and do Grease on stage because uh, this is I not. Never did that shit, <laughs> right? But yeah. like we, I remember all the. I was very good at. I'm no. I'm gonna shock you guys. I was very good at oral presentations. For me, they were a joke. What? Yeah, I can't believe that. But Excuse everybody, me? I can't 90%. Jason. Ninety <laughs> percent. I never forgot this. Ninety percent, something like ninety percent of every class I've ever been in as a kid, when the oral presentations were announced, like that they were going to have to do them, people, like some people, were like, I could see some kids, like they were like, I'd rather die. There's, that's actually one of the most common fears. It's one public of the speaking. one of the top fears of humans is right. pub, is public speaking. But yeah. they they think less of you if you can't do it. When in fact, this kind of philosophy or this kind of theory now points to the possibility that like, that's not a skill that we're all supposed to have. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that guy that maybe stutters up there with his cards and is like, um, uh, uh, if you just put him in his context, how do you feel? You know, and then you take away the whole showmanship of it. He'll just like, Steve was, was here. I just realized yeah. exactly that type of guy. He he said yeah. it himself. Yeah, yeah, he had a huge. He said those very words. Yeah, he had a real real problem communicating when he's like called upon to to put on a show. Yeah, for sure. 
But yeah. one-on-one, he's got all kinds of things to say. Exactly. Part of the reason why... The, the, so just, fu- just fuck do, you, IQ. <laughs> part yeah. of the reason why doing this podcast is a bit of a therapy for me. It's like it forces me to talk when I'm not that type of person, generally. You know? Yeah, by, that's by not nature. your natural way of being. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> more, of, more of the listener type. I don't know. It, 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 to me, it, it, it makes me, it, it gives, fills me with wonder and excitement, but also it pisses me off because I think about how many people were marginalized right. and written off yeah. yeah, because of this basic, like, smart, dumb, smart, dumb, yeah. smart, yeah. You're dumb. in the advanced class or you're in the remedial class yeah. or you go to summer school and... It's, yeah, where it's clearly yeah. way, way more nuanced than than that, you know. Yeah. How, how, what about the, yeah, those remedial, those like special classes for for fucktard, like whatever delinquents? Now I'm starting to wonder, like, if someone had just come in there with some fucking wood and a saw and some glue, how many of those kids had been been like, oh, oh, this I get, okay, right, and suddenly stopped like acting up and started, yeah. And, you know, yeah, how like this could unlock this kind of thinking could unlock a whole new potential. Yeah. And also like even even like um, if you do have a natural tendency towards something like for me, like if somebody was, you know, I talked to you about the when when I was first learning guitar, that guy showed me three chords. and I was like, can I please have some more chords? You know, but like if that was a reward for me to maybe shore up something that like wasn't natural to me it's like okay you're not good at this thing i'll give you some more chords if you uh as an incentive as an incentive uh-huh. to like shore up this other weakness in your in your way of being hmm. maybe that that could be a really um powerful way to teach people you know yeah. what if a bunch of these people who 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 are kids that are losing their shit like they're yeah. intolerant or impatient and violent or whatever what if it's because we're keeping them from what they, what they're naturally good at? Yeah, right. Yeah, because we keep. And instead them. of giving them support in the things that they're not good at, we're like, no, you have to be good at this. Yeah, like, but we're not letting them indulge in the thing that comes to them. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. we're like, we're just gonna hammer you with more math tutoring because you need to get that math in order. Yeah, but what if we just gave that guy some more woodshop? Or like, if. If you finish this these math problems, then you can go play with this wood. You have this. Look at this nice block of wood. Uh, it's waiting for you. Just right. finish these of fa- these five math problems, and then you can carve this block of wood. <laughs> carve the fuck out of it. <laughs> Morning. Yeah, I hope you don't mind. I got up a little early, so I took the liberty of milking your cow for you. Yeah, it took a little while to get her warmed up. She sure is a stubborn one. Then pow, all at once. We don't have a cow. We have a bowl. You were you're mentioning um, we we're talking about the beers that we have left in the in the fridge. Yeah, and how there are some quote unquote desperation beers. Mm-hmm. Every time you have a party, you always have people who leave those horrible beers behind. You yeah. don't know what to do. You don't want to be wasteful. You don't want to throw them away. But they just take up real estate permanently in your <laughs> fridge. <laughs> yeah, they they have they like cozy up to the condiments you only used once. <laughs> Somebody brought over Japanese horseradish, and it was cool that one time. It's the price of uh, entertaining people. Yep, a lot. Yep. Yeah. Well, what one of them was what it was called Rub Noir. 
you were saying yeah apocalypse yeah i don't know they're probably like really strong horrible tasting beers like 10 (laughs) percent alcohol content but all you can taste is sugar it's like syrup yeah it's cough syrup yeah in a beer bottle (laughs) it's true yeah i can feel it you can feel it on your lips afterwards like they're kind of like like you just down some maple syrup (laughs) yeah yeah taste smart that maybe that's maybe that's another category as well oh there's definitely uh people that are that that have super strong palates right which i don't have at all i don't know about you sommeliers sommeliers yeah for the longest time i thought that that was complete bullshit was sommeliers uh and you know you do run into some sommeliers that are just obviously they're just blowing smoke up your ass yeah. and they're just there to 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 it's a nutty after finish and a strong they're, body they're trying to provide an experience for you hints like, of childhood <laughs> it's yeah, of yeah. childhood <laughs> oh god that's just that's dark <laughs> speaking of which jerry fogel got 15 years <laughs> for hints of childhood oh did he really 15 years 15 years the subway yeah. the subway guy yeah. oh yeah? yeah yeah it's official yeah i read about it actually just a little bit uh not to necessarily get on this topic because it it's a revolting but pretty dark um what i've read was that they really threw the book at him he caught the wrong judge uh, usually a lot of people get away with this shit or they get these like, because it's such a weird crime, you know, yeah. child pornography and all that, um, that there's even today we still don't have like clear set uh, levels of punishment. Yeah. We don't even, we don't really know how to punish that. And then like there's the schools of thought where we need to therapy and chemically castrate and these, these people. And then you right. have the others who are like, just give him like 50 years. And you're like, well, yeah, but he's, still going to be a pedophile after that you know? right but he caught he caught a bad one he caught a judge that uh recommended uh went like three four years above the recommended or the usual rate gave him a full 15 uh he can't even start getting trying that good behavior shit before 13 years have gone by jeez wow yeah and uh apparently during the sentencing you know sometimes people when they get sentenced they get to read like a statement yeah like, uh, I'd like to apologize to the families that I've hurt. And, uh, uh, the first thing that occurred to me that was really fucked up is that in Jerry, Jared Fogel's statement, he said something that was very generic uh, guy that just got locked up. Yeah. Which is like, you know, another day will go by when I don't think about what I've done. But then I'm like, well, what you were doing is looking at m- pictures of minors and having sex with underage women or girls. So not a day is going to go by when you don't think about what you've done. Like, that's a bit of a poor choice of wording. There. Right. That's, that's mixed. Yeah, send some mixed messages. Right. Yeah. How are you thinking about that? Is this <laughs> Clearly, the person who wrote that statement was not word word smart. Yeah. I'll be thinking about it with fond memories. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. No, 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 no. Can we cut? <laughs> cut. Yeah. He, he wishes. Objection from your own, like. Right. <laughs> From your own legal team. Objection. Sir? I object. <laughs> Judge is like, um, we're, this is actually like a closed case. Like you can't yeah. object. No, but objection. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, to, to sort of uh, give you an insight as to the judge's sort of like fuck you of this is that when he moved to the whole, because um, uh, he's married, right? He's oh. ki- he, has, he has kids. He has kids. Oh, fuck. Yeah, which always adds a nice spin to the proceedings. So he tried to insert a bit about like, um, you know, I'm fully conscious of how much I've hurt my wife 
and what I've done to her and that's all gonna weigh on my mind and then the judge in a very unusual way just interject he's like uh, you left her seven million dollars she's gonna be okay oh right like sort of like <laughs> I'm not buying a single word of this remorse yeah, shit. yeah. Like, think of my wife nah, she's, she's yeah fine. you hit some of your millions in knowing full well that this midday may come right yeah. Because you know, you know these guys know they can't, they can't do anything about. Yeah, it, imagine right? that. Imagine like knowing that that that's coming. That's you really, coming down the pipe. At you, some you, point. you have living, yeah, like living in fear of of being discovered for being a monster, essentially. See, but that's the thing is that you know, like that's the part where I have a lot of trouble rationalizing this type of stuff. Is you, some people want to convince us that uh, there are beyond help or they're they're just at the mercy of this condition that makes them think this way mm. but then they had the presence of mind of kind of shoring up their defenses for the day where someone make some of this may come to light which then presents a certain type of rationality and knowing that what they're doing is wrong mm-hmm. and so it's still doing it it erodes it erodes my sympathy or or compassion for it suggests that they're they're unable to help doing that action, that mm-hmm. horrible horrible action. What a nightmare that must be. That can't be fun. I mean, if there is such a thing as just like a incurable pedophile or an incurable murderer or an incurable uh, whatever, um, you know, I don't want to say I feel bad for them because I I'm a little bit old old school in that way. But sure. yeah, that's gotta suck. It's got to suck. It's a bad roll of the dice to get is to to be somebody that's attracted to uh, underage people, you know. Hmm. That's a that's a shitty thing to be attracted to as as a man. Yeah. You know. You got a really bad roll of the dice there. For sure. Yeah, someone's someone's complete inability to stop playing music and writing music, like you've got that kind of drive but for something uh, you know, vile. Yeah, it's considered monstrous. Oof. It is monstrous. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey. we, we just went fucking dark there, guys. <laughs> my fault. My fault. My fault. I read too much. Well, that's one of the benefits, and also sometimes you were talking about how having hypersensitivity to sound yeah. is also a burden. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a huge appetite for information, so I read. All over the place, and you guys do too. Yeah, for sure. We send each other articles, Richard, right, all the time. Um, but it also makes it so that you read about these things, and you you just can't help thinking about them sometimes. You know, for sure. Um, we were talking about that interview with uh, the Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah, that surfaced from Vice, where they're the the guys that were smack dab in the middle of the Paris. Yeah, they were performing. Situation. Well, it happened. And that's yeah. like, whew, what an interview, man. That was intense. It was almost like it was more heartbreaking than any news report or live footage of gunshots or like as much shocking as that was. Yeah. You could you you could like just it was all there, all the pain, the shock, the horror of what that must have been like in sure. just a couple and they're, they're they've had some time to think about it, but you can see that they're completely destroyed by it. Very traumatized. And it's still very fresh for them. Uh, one of the, like the the remorse that they had for like there was one guy who who left other guys behind like he was ushered away to escape but he didn't 
he couldn't look after his his friends and like the remorse coming out of that it's like that's i think it's gonna take some time like his like whole he was, life he was apologizing to the to people for not being able to protect them not that he could have protected them anyway right yeah but just the the remorse of looking after yourself and in in all that craziness and confusion that you know he had to run in one direction not knowing if some of his bandmates were okay like that's a that's a tough call to make man oh it's, it's survivor's remorse right survivor's remorse yeah yeah although the it, other guys like they were they were okay right but just he was sitting next to him on the couch being like i'm you know so sorry I left you back there, man. I mm-hmm. love you. I love you so much. It's not, you know, like I, if I could have done anything, I would have. And yeah, it's, no. I guess, a version of Survivor's Remorse. But nobody, just nobody, we constantly challenge fiction, right? Versus reality. Yeah. Right? And uh, that's one situation that is right up there with, hey, cheers, guys. Cheers. A little scotchy scotch, scotch. Mm-hmm. Down in my belly. Scotch, scotch, scotch. <laughs> fire in a hole mm. smooth fiery so yeah like um it reminds me of, like this is a situation that is as unimaginable uh as uh that mo- what was that movie ravenous you ever seen that film he's licking me yeah <laughs> one of the strangest <laughs> movies a movie that will never be remade or have sequels yeah and in I'm not that sure w- if i saw it yeah, uh, 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 what's his name? Robert Carlyle. Yeah, from uh, the the Scottish fella. Yeah, from uh, Train Spotting. Train Spotting. Yeah, the the stripper. Twenty eight weeks later. Twenty wasn't weeks. He? Twenty weeks later. Twenty days later. Weeks later. Weeks, weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, full Monty. Full Monty. That's it. So why do I bring up uh, Ravenous? Because uh, what was brilliant about it is that they had all these, these like, well, you know, if you eat another person's flesh, then you gain their power or you mm-hmm. become more powerful. And while that's ridiculous, no one can verify that or mm. disprove it. Right. How are we going <laughs> to... Right? Yeah. So you could have made any kind of claims. And in that way, the movie kind of has this weird, cool self-containment where you're like, you can't fully call bullshit on it. Right, unless right? you're willing to go down that that road. Yeah, and I think that 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 situation, being in something that trash. I mean, there's so many examples of of, of uh, you hear about. It. I, there's probably a name for it, the effect where everyone just freezes up when something happens. Mm-hmm. Right, but the theory or the 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 fantasy of it is always that there's a hero that mm. you know, and then people band together and do this. And certainly, according to that interview, uh, there was a lot of like surprising her- heroism from common people who just they got killed because they would not leave their friends behind. Yeah, right? which is both inspiring and 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 goddamn sad. Well, we talk a lot about fight or flight, uh-huh. but I think there's also the freeze as well. And I think that yeah. I could, I I might be somebody in certain situations. I could probably easily see myself being the type to just freeze and not know what to do you know i think freeze is the precursor to fight or flight like you you generally freeze and then make a decision one way or the other oh really okay i think so okay but yeah that's that's it's definitely a thing yeah yeah i think a lot of people just freeze up in those situations and then and then yeah and we i mean I, I'm not entirely sure, but like a lot of those uh, spectators 
we're probably a little bit on the younger side too. You know, we've right. we've talked a lot about uh, um, separating fiction from movie stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So like, younger people tend to feel like that they're invulnerable, right? You know, yeah. maybe they were trying to play out their like their their movie thing, like some kind of. You think so? I don't know. Or like, how long? You know, like they're trying to play out uh, Saving Private Ryan, or you know, right. some kind of like. I don't. I, you I, go, we go. Thing. I don't think so. But also, like in a situation like in a situation like that, where you're, imagine you're just going out and having a good time. You've never had to deal with any situation like this ever. The only thing you've ever seen like this is in movies. All of a sudden, it's a Friday night. You're out at a concert. You know, in the city of love. In the city of love, and then this this shit goes down. Yeah. How I mean, long? A, a spaceship may as well landed in the middle of the show. Yeah. That's how out of this world that shit was. How long would it take you to even realize that like this isn't part of the show? You know? Yeah. That's one of the things they talked about. Yeah. Some of them, it took them a while. They thought it was like crackling on the PA or something. Right. But it was it was it was pretty quick. It yeah. was pretty quick that people like scattered. Right. As yeah. soon as because people were getting shot. Right there. Right. But yeah. I, if I put myself in that position, either one of you guys got shot in the leg and I'm trying to pull you, I'm not leaving without you. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, you hope I at would, least that, that's, that's, that, that your current theory on how you would react and you're yeah. wanting to react that way would be present when, when, in, with, when infused with that absolute terror and shock sure. of that thing happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if I'm right next, uh, although we could get separated and then I don't know what's happening and then probably just get the fuck out because yeah. I'm, I'm, there's no point. Like, I right. believe I believe that this, ha- this, anyway. this was not uh, fantasy motivated, this like staying behind and f- because uh, I remember talking to this guy um, who had done a couple of tours in Afghanistan. He was uh, an engineer, um, which translates to basically he digs up mines. Like he's the guy that's crawling through the through the rock ahead of the convoy to make sure that, or to, to remove all the mines to demine the road, right? And he was just like a really very regular dude looking dude. He wasn't your GI Joe model at all. He was just like he looked like a guy who might drive a zamboni at a fucking hockey game, like just a regular dude with a sports cap. And he wasn't even talking to me. He was telling someone else his his situation. And I'm like, oh, dude, you're a veteran. Uh, he's like. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I've done a couple of tours. I'm like, couple of tours. Holy shit! And I'm like, I'm like, for the money. He's like, is it the money? He's like, and I was expecting him, and suddenly I realized, shit, he might get offended at what I just said. Right. But he's like, yeah, well, you know, you're, yeah. I mean, I didn't go out there for the money, but it's certainly nice to come home and have a nice fat deposit in your account for time served. Certainly, that's nice. I said, okay, but like, quickly, I, I, I was like, why did you go back? And immediately, without thinking, his first answer was, well, I couldn't leave the guys there. Yeah. And then I pushed further. I said, okay, what does that mean? Well, he's like, well, I trained with all of these guys. They're kind of family. And so even though I'd come back to my own family and my kids, I I would constantly have this anxiety, this, this nervousness of thinking, I can't leave those guys back there. And I'm like... Okay, why? Because you want to look after him? He's like, no, you develop this weird mentality when you're a soldier that if you trained with guys and you went into the field with guys, 
and you're not there with them, like that somehow being with them would would shield them more. Mm-hmm. That you could do something to prevent anything happening to any of those guys. Yeah, your absence is a missing part of the team. Yeah, you develop yeah. like the, the the this like hero complex. Right. You actually think your presence could prevent tragedy. Mm. So it like compulsively. Or I don't think that's completely false. You know, like if if you're somebody that that has gone through it, you you've been with your brothers in arms. You know, like that, and and you actually could help if you were there. And you all have your own positions, right? Like in the same way as you would on a basketball team or whatever. Like, like you're the guy who always comes up. In the, like right. take, takes the, the the lead or is like is, has his eyes to the back. You know, like if you're not there, then it's some rookie maybe placed in that position. And then well, very likely it'd be another person who should be at least as skilled as you doing that job. But you maybe. like he what he was saying is that he was very conscious that it was an irrational fantasy in his head that if he just is there, then nothing can happen to his guys, hmm. and that's what kept him going back there. Yeah. Um, so I think something. I think as much as things happen, like we freeze, we panic, we leave behind people. I think it's also very. Hu- there's like a weird humanity that comes out where you hear these stories yeah. of a guy catching one when he wasn't even in danger's way, but he his first freak lizard brain instinct was just to like cover someone else with their own body, and then like they they caught it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I uh, I mean this is a, this is a weird way to take this maybe but no do it but um but like I even feel that sometimes like I've 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 never been somebody that can break up with uh with a girlfriend easily you know that's always been like really difficult for me and a big part of that is 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 exactly like I I always feel like I still need to be there if shit goes down. I, I have this like strong protection kind of like once you've become part of my family, you know, like I feel like I need to be there to protect you. And if and so that, that's been like a big um, part of my hesitation to like be able to move on in my life from a from a romantic relationship. It's like, no, I'm supposed to be there to protect you. Yeah. You know, you almost wish you could uh, leave leave a clone behind. Yeah, yeah. Leave a little robot version of yourself. That sounds like a great plot for a sci-fi film. Like, yeah. But leave behind a, care, a caretaker yeah. clo- a clone who <laughs> who otherwise wouldn't do anything that you wouldn't do. Or, right? yeah, but yeah. would just like, you'd be like, number five, number five checking and everything's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're taking care of my past loved one. Number five, doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 multiplicity. Have you ever seen that film? Yeah, I was just and thinking about that. Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. In a, a, a film that was supposed to be just a kind of little comedy, but like ended up being so much much deeper than I think they even realized it would be. Oh yeah, it was one of those. Well, because it accidentally presented these really interesting ideas. That, yeah, that I think were then for hijinks. Like the idea that every clone was a little dimmer than the last, like the pho- like a, a photocopy. Copy. Yeah, and the last one was straight up just like a goofy drooling idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that the whole reason he was cloning is because he just wanted to give more of himself to everyone. Right. Yeah. As opposed to build an army or take power or whatever, yeah. he just wanted to be a better husband, a better coworker, 
and have the time to like just do all these things and yeah. that's what convinced him to yeah, take it was this a, it was a bit of a deeper message like that the current nine to five job thing like doesn't allow us to do any of that stuff right you know where else that happened uh was that movie uh, the adam sandler movie click oh yeah i know i didn't actually see that film so he has like a, a remote control for life and he can like fast forward or slow down so he's just fast forwarding through all like the the mundane bits of life and then i only i didn't actually watch this whole movie so i might be butchering <laughs> I only saw it. I was actually in a. I was. I was at like Future Shop or something. Like a, I was trying out like a new game system or something. And I looked and it was the climax of the movie where he's old, and he's fast forwarded through all of like the shitty bits of life, and now he's old and he's missed his whole fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And that's like another like uh, it's another one of those messages that seems to be. Uh, um, it's like this. Oh, it's this fun idea. You see the trailer. It's like you it's know, supposed to be like just a like pee pee caca. It's a funny level. Adam Sandler movie, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's he's all old and gray and like I've missed everything. <laughs> I should have stopped to smell the roses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It reminds me of that. Uh, was it Hitchcock? No, it was um, the Twilight Zone. This episode of the Twilight Zone where this uh, housewife has the ability to stop time. You ever see that one? I feel like I have, but a very long time ago. So, like, she's got that. She's got the kids screaming and the husbands like nagging her and like all this stuff. Like, it's just it's too much for her to deal with. She's just like, shut up! Like, like for the first part, and then she's gardening and she finds this thing and she can stop time. She's just every time like the kids are going crazy or whatever, she can just stop time and like you know take, take a, a moment, time out, you yeah. know, like take a breath and be like, ah, oh, Galagon, take me away, you know, like oh this shit. That's so cool. <laughs> but is she's aging during all these moments? Is that no, like- no. The clincher on that one was uh, uh, there was uh, this is during the Cold War and there was a like a like a nuclear bomb that came down. It was is on its way down, like basically above her house. Okay. It's gonna land like Oh shit. Right like in her backyard and then she stops time. And so She can never start it again. She's stuck, right? Because she's she's got all of her loved ones around oh. her, but they're but they're frozen in time. This and may she can't be, interact with them. She can't interact with them. This may be the deepest story I've way. ever heard uh. in my life. And the bomb is like five feet away from the ground. Oh my god! So it's like holy shit. Yeah, that one really stuck with me. Yeah, I can imagine. That's god huge. damn, that's yeah. deep. Yeah. The levels, the levels, man. <laughs> but Outer Limits, uh, Twilight Zone, uh, often had some of those real mind benders. Yeah, there were a there. couple of them that really, that really stuck with. Do you me. remember any, Danny? Do you, did you did you ever get into that show? Uh, I did get into them a little bit. I don't really. I think I was a little on the younger side. Uh, they were creepy as fuck. Yeah, yeah, because they were like 60s like 50s 60s ones like yeah. black and white i think yeah. this one was the the 80s, 80s revival one. yeah because yeah. it was in color uh-huh. yeah but the the newest is uh, black mirror which oh is, yeah i haven't seen it oh it's dude. really really good i mean it's incredible it's you have to get on that though. immediately all right we'll do yeah. yeah black mirror check it out everybody yeah. yeah put that on the top of your list okay we'll do <laughs>
<laughs> well, it's really fucking weird how that ended up being like one of the ones that I found uh, the strangest. Is I think it's the first episode of the second season of Black Mirror. And basically, the idea is somebody kidnaps. Kidnaps a woman and says that the only way that this and, and, and publicizes the only way that we're going to let this girl it's the go. Princess. It's the princess. Yeah. It's the princess. The only way that this woman gets to live is if the prime minister of England uh, goes on national television and has sex with a pig in front of everybody. Yeah. And then what happened in real life? Like, isn't there... Didn't the Prime Minister of England... Wasn't there, like, some... Oh, yeah, there was some weird revelation about a, a, a college day hazing thing. Yeah. A fraternity yeah, yeah. thing where yeah. it involved a pig. Yes. Okay. And that was one of these like weird because David the, Cameron or some David shit? Cameron, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> reality and fiction. They got <laughs> really blurred there, like the the the. Unless <laughs> this was one of his old fraternity buddies, who wrote the or someone who went to that school, uh, <laughs> someone who went to that school and knew what went what was it. coming. Yeah. Someone who who maybe witnessed the uh, the ritual. Yeah, yeah. I wonder because there was a moment where I'm like, "Wait a second, isn't this the plot to Black Mirror?" <laughs> right. Right. I had the exact same thought. Yeah, <laughs> and that's another one that kind of stuck with me too. Yeah, that it's it's powerful. Yeah, 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 because it's it's realistic. You know, it's not like well, what like what would you do? Let's say you're the Prime Minister of England. Yeah, well, you're with him like throughout the whole process. At the beginning, he's just like, "That's ridiculous." We don't negotiate. One. And then everyone's telling them that he has to, he has to do it. Like, they, yeah, you know, there's pressures coming from everywhere saying, "Well, he, they've got the princess. Like, if you don't do it, then you're going to be a, a monster." Right. If you do do it, you're going to be a, a hero. Hero, but a, a disgusting, laughing. disgusting hero. Yeah, I, I, so, Isis like, would be so much more fun if they they did that type of thing. <laughs> Instead of, instead of killing innocent people who had nothing yeah. to do with their bullshit. I mean, maybe we shouldn't be giving them like really great Ideas. tactics. To no, you use, know what? But... No, I, I'm perfectly well, fine with inspiring them. Maybe to... they saw Black Mirror too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with them forcing uh, powerful statesmen to do to debase themselves. Yeah. Over, uh, you know, shooting up a club. Right. Full uh, of people I mean, who had nothing, nothing to do with it. True. But true. it's uh, I. I remember, I think that's one of my, always been one of my love affairs with films, whatever, is like these moments. With comedies, it's always great. Like the Groundhog Days, these films that can never be remade. Yeah. That were supposed to oh, be. Oh, they will. <laughs> if yeah, they, they do will. it, it's going to be a travesty. But whatever. The point is that, like, there was clearly, this was a gimmick. It was a comedy gimmick. Hey, what if a guy woke up? Right, but then when you watch the movie and you hear the script, you realize someone who wrote this was way, way deeper. Mm. Yeah, it's really believable when you watch that that episode. Yeah, it's it's on the same level as the Twilight Zone stuff that right. stuck with you. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Star Trek did that for me a lot. Not every mm -hmm. time because they had so many episodes that there was, of course, a, a lot of filler. 
Yeah. But every once in a while, because they had different people writing and directing the episodes. The Four Lights episode stuck with me. Jesus, it's still terrifying. Yeah, yeah. man. The Picard uh, getting uh, yeah. tortured. Torture. That was so out of... Like, it seems like there's these shows that just have these one episodes sometimes yeah. that'll completely, like, twist you. That one, for I think for all of us, it, yeah. like, became a part of it. Like, yeah. it just... G.I. Joe had an episode like that. Yeah? The regular-ass kids' TV G.I. Joe. Cartoon? Yes. There's an episode that is... This is like a phenomenon on the same level as the Four Lights. Yeah. Or the X-Files Redneck Family episode. The Notorious episode with the amputee. Oh, yeah. Mother kept under the bed with the weird inbred kids. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the Six Feet Under episode where one of the characters gets kidnapped by like a crazy drug addict. And the whole episode is just them being in captivity. Just these what the fuck uh, episodes. Yeah. So in GI Joe, I forget which one it is, like what's it, what it's called, but one of the guys, uh, Shipwreck, the like Wolverine, uh, uh, hot-tempered sailor guy, guy yeah. uh, who's just like a stereotype until this point, gets yeah. captured by Cobra, but the entire episode is them fucking with his brain. Oh yeah, where they keep he keeps thinking he's freed himself, or that he's talking to people he thinks he knows, and then every time he see he realizes there's a crack in the story, everyone's faces start to melt. Yeah, as the old fantasy like melts away, and he's just like ah, like he just drives him madder and madder, and you're like, who the fuck allowed this episode? Like who? Which? Yeah. What madman inserted this into <laughs> a kids' cartoon? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um. And you could say that, like, there's a lot of these examples. Well, that Four Lights one, I mean, like, Star Trek Next Generation was not the most hardcore. Definitely not dark in what? that way. There was only, was the like... the mind control one with the bugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a that, bit weird. That one, that one left uh, an impression on me. It was one of the earlier ones, too. Yeah, because it, it had the parasites, and that's always like a body invasion thing. It always makes you immediately... Yeah, like it was uncomfortable. like invasion yeah. of the body snatchers, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But how much darker would that Four Lights episode be if... I mean, if it wasn't happening to Picard, because right. he gets to he gets to sort of come back from it, because of course he has to. He's the main... He's the captain, you know? But in real life, that would just be somebody was just fucked forever right and then don't forget that picard also gets borged later yeah and he gets traumatized another time yeah and they traumatize him again uh in this other episode where his consciousness gets beamed into this like um traveling this traveling beacon so there's this beacon just like that like floating through space and then when they scan it it accidentally pulls picard's like consciousness into it yeah. And it turns out that this thing was like a um, um, time capsule, but oh, yeah, like a really that. advanced one where it contained the full history and, and existence of this race that died out. So he lives his whole life. He lives an entire life complete with getting married, having kids and grandkids. Oh, yeah. Playing the flute, being like a farmer. Yes. And then at the end of the episode, he just wakes up out of it or they pull him out of it. But... He, it ends with him just sitting in his office and then he picks up that little flute and he starts playing it. And yeah. You're like, you're like God damn, that's... Fuck. That, that's these were all real people. Poor Picard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Poor Picard, man. Imagine waking up, you know, like tomorrow and finding out that it was Jason ten seconds wasn't of real. Life. Richard wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> like all like, the people that you loved. If he grew old and died of natural causes and then woke up. He actually, right? yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He died of natural cause. He killed over at 108. Oh, or whatever. Yeah. oh my god! And then you wake up and like you're. It was all. I don't even dream. know what age he's supposed to be. Like Picard is just ageless. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's like he still age. is. Yeah. He's still yeah. four, like he's still forty five. One, one one concept that has always riveted me, like what's where whenever I, I yell out "Good writing," I kind of do that when I watch when I see something like really. Like, yeah. Great costume, <laughs> nailed the stunts, right? I'll just do these things, and um, in my head, obviously, most of the time. But uh, whenever someone is able to write that level of um, to take something, establish it, make you love it, make you talk about it, expand on it in conversations, and add things to it that the original writers didn't even put into it. Yeah. When you think you've got Picard, you know him so well that you're like. He would he definitely prefer dark beers over light beers, even though like like never discussed in any episode what kind of beer he likes. But and then to twist that in a completely believable way, uh, to make that character compromise beliefs you know that they are ironclad on, or to confront them to something that would be mundane for someone else, but knowing what that character holds dear is soul crushing. Or is revelatory like those are the for me the like the the the, the moments mm-hmm. right and Star Trek did that a lot yeah. specifically Deep Space Nine which was not the most liked of the series but it was the darkest and I think had some of the craziest storylines Deep Space Nine yeah, yeah I, I think that that like for a lot of the uh, Fire in the Hole, in the hole. In the hole. Um, I think for like the a lot of the really hardcore Trekkies I think Deep Space Nine is the it's the the holy grail for me it's the next generation and and and, uh deep space nine for sure yeah clearly uh the first star trek obviously it broke some big barriers and everything but it was obviously very campy at times well now it hasn't some of it hasn't aged well obviously now the first couple of seasons are and even well into the third or fourth you're like uh, some of the episodes are a bit rough around the edges. Well, yeah. Next Generation did the same thing that the original Star Trek did, which was like at the end of every episode, you got back to the same starting point, and then everything was back to normal, and then continue. Right. right. I think by the time that we got, what was really compelling about uh, Deep Space Nine was that there was there was some of that, but there was a sense of progression. Yes. You know, like stuff was changing. Like yeah, in this in the storyline. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the innovations that that particular show brought, uh, apart from it uh, operating off of a uh, station, where the whole show's premise has always been like a an exploration thing. Yeah, uh, I remember when they first announced the idea. I was like, "How's that going to work?" Yeah, a station doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's not Star Trek. It makes no fucking sense. Mm. Uh, and but. After a while, when you realize that they applied a kind of Casablanca uh, approach to it, mm. where the interest was, in fact, who was coming through the the doors every every day. Yeah. Uh, and then when they established a whole strange political situation where mm-hmm. them being kind of in the ass end of the Federation, suddenly becoming the center of the universe because of a not because of the wormhole, blah, blah, right. blah. And by like season three... Uh, you could see they hit their stride 
yeah. these are the guys that went on, by the way, to write the battle Battlestar. That's what I was just thinking because we were talking about like like uh, the uh, alumnus of this, like going going back to to the status quo at the end of every episode. Mm. But Battlestar Galactica had the 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 large story arc. You know, fuck, I love that show, man. So yeah, it's still you- one of my like top. Top, J. Top J. Michael Straczynski, incidentally, who wrote that show, was it J. Michael Straczynski? Well, that's no, Babylon Five. Sorry, uh, um, J. Michael Straczynski wrote Babylon Five, and a lot of the guys that were on Battlestar are of that school of the time release, mm. the slow build. Yeah, the, it'll pay off in three seasons. It's kind of what I wanted the X Files to be more like. There's like there was. There was like all of those episodes that were self-contained, and there was the cigarette smoking man episode. Yeah, they dropped yeah, a little, yeah. little continuity for you every once. Yeah, in a while. but like there wasn't enough of those. I wanted so much yeah. more of that. You were always hoping for that, but there was it was a little bit of something like a little added a bit of magic to it. It did. You it know, made the those, fact that like it didn't show up every time. It made those episodes more special, but I still I wanted yeah yeah more of these like longer story arcs. But you know? they were blazing you, you, the trail. You wouldn't have wanted that because the more they showed. The smoking man part, the, like the more they show, it's almost like when they show the, the monster, right? And, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and the horror movie, yeah, yeah, like it just loses all of its magic, right? Right, yeah. you know, it's all about like, not not knowing like what's lurking in the shadows, yeah, the imagination. the imagination, your imagination's always gonna fuck with you way more than what they can possibly yeah. give you, yeah. yeah, like that movie Baba Duke, yeah, you told me like, about that, yeah, it was super good up until like the, you actually. Get to see they the, monster the monster. Well, you should tell the story about uh, about V, man. <laughs> or V? Yeah, yeah. V was uh, in the old days, the original, the, the original, original which v. which gave all of us nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is with Richie was that because when we were when we were kids, we weren't like allowed to be up past a, a certain a certain it was, time. Right? It was strict, you know, like we weren't allowed to. To, to to be up to watch like adult shows, which is a something no one understands of this generation now. No, <laughs> no, that's not not a thing now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We had like bedtimes and stuff. Yeah, like, you know, programming was set so that past eight, then that's when the adult stuff came out. Yeah, I think yeah. I think my bedtime was eight up until I was like fourteen or something. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. I grew up under like a very like a much stricter regime than than. Danny did. When, yeah, no one was. Danny by the came. time I was around, no one was paying attention. I could go to bed whatever time I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you had a strict bedtime. Very strict bedtime. And we even had like um, bedtime drinks. Like you could only, you could have like only like a, like a certain amount of juice or something before going to bed so that you didn't have to get up to go to the washroom. Yeah, we had those, uh, those glasses that had like little sort of sails on them. Yeah. You could have up until the top of the sail on the glass. Like it was very measured. Yeah. It was very measured. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, in order to counteract this, I would sort of position myself on this on the stairs going upstairs, but like, you know, three, four stairs up. But I could still kind of through the corridor, I could still see the TV. Oh, shit. But I could only see the TV and not like I'd have to. I'd have to be careful, you know, like I'd have to, I'd have to look at the TV and then kind of slink away, you know, I'd be kind of going back and forth playing this game just to not be seen. So I would, I would watch this show V and I've, I've watched it since and it's like 
really not scary yeah, at all. Yeah, it's cheesy as fuck it's, now. It's horrible. But, you but at the time, remember. like I would just see like a glimpse of a thing and I'd hear some of the audio and then I would fill in all the gaps in my mind and then I would have horrible fucking nightmares. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I yeah. just made it into this thing where it was like, it you was terrible. You didn't have the reference as well, right? You, you, yeah. This was just like raw, like your processor, your, your hard drive was defragmented at this point. <laughs> but it's, all, it's, it's also like... Yeah, like you said, like your mind is always going to to be way scarier than what yeah. what anybody can. My scariest movies that I've seen to this day are the ones where I you don't see the monster. You know? Yeah, people make fun of me for it. I don't care. Pa- the first Paranormal Activity still fucks with me. Or Blair Witch, the, the oh, Bla- yeah? first Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the guy likes to, uh, facing the corner and. It's, it was actually when they're they're like they're camped out and they're just hearing the sounds. Yeah, because uh, who hasn't been in there, right? Yeah, and then you're just hearing all these fucked up sounds and like, what your mind is gonna is is gonna conjure up all these crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But if they showed the witch, yeah, all that goes away. Well, like the way Jaws like traumatized uh, two, three generations of people. Yeah, I I caught a glimpse of it. Uh, as a kid somewhere yeah. i don't know where yeah i w- I, c- I couldn't go into pools swimming <laughs> pools which we may even no sense but that's because i remember it meshed with another movie that i'd seen that was some some b movie that, and i know now but at the time i didn't know what it was about some sort of sewer gator okay <laughs> it may have even called gator or sewer gator or something and it was about <laughs> this like abnormally large alligator living in the sewers yeah, and it would like come up and just bisect people and just like or in pools and then the yeah. turns red or whatever. But if I go all the way back to being a kid, being like three, yeah, the first trauma that I sustained as due to fiction, right, was my aunt's record collection. Uh, she used to, we used to, we didn't have, uh, we didn't listen to that much TV as, as little babies. Me and my cousin, I say we, cause, uh, I spent some time growing up with my cousin and my aunt used to play these LPs, um, with stories on them. Mm. And one of them was Prokofiev's Peter and the Wolf, uh, where the whole story is told. All the animals are in, represented by instruments. Oh shit. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. I want to hear this. It, it, Prokofiev's Peter and the Wolf is uh, is like a, an absolute fucking masterpiece. But I can't listen to it. Really? Because here's the two things that it does. First of all, there's a little melody for all the animals. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, oh, it's the duck, waka, 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 right? But it's all very classically uh, composed. Yeah. And the wolf is these, like, horns, like... Like that, right? Yeah. Like, even it's giving me chills just, like, humming it to you. And then wolf, the wolf eventually gets... I think he eats one of the animals. And what they do is they, Prokofiev wrote, there's a version of the theme of the duck or whichever one gets it, but in minor notes. Oh. So it's the duck theme, 
but now like like in a super sad minor notes and it tore my fucking soul out as a child right my cousin was like you didn't give a fuck right he was totally fine right but it got to me so deep that's gotta be the outro to the show (laughs) i can't i can't you don't have to listen to it you'll need to edit it yeah no i can't do it but that to me was like and there was no you were saying how like you don't want to see the monster yeah you don't see anything on that it's a goddamn record yeah but till this day if i hear that that wolf theme yeah yeah shakes me to the core of my soul yeah there's something about that man just about not not seeing the monster there was a movie that i really liked uh the first half of it It was called jeepers creepers you see that oh i think i did i just kind of wrote it off as like a it started off great it started off like i think it was very very like babadook style but like it's it's them it's it's like a couple yes high school couple kids the yeah bus. they're just they're just like driving Their car in breaks like the down. boonies they're just driving and then like a big truck comes yeah. and starts like tailing them okay like this big truck starts tailing Terrifying. them and then and then like it's fucking with them and like it kind of like it's getting like really on their ass and then and then it, it kind of ramming them. starts ramming them and then it goes away and then it fucking circles back and comes back and they're just like, oh, what, what the fuck is this? It's just ah. harassing them. Yeah. It's harassing them. But you don't see the bad guy at all. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, like, it goes away again. And then they look over, and it's like they see the truck. And then you see, like, this big shadowy figure dumping what looks like a body. You know, and it's like, fuck, fuck. And then, uh, so everything, it's all terrifying for the first half of the movie. And then... They show, CGI. they showed the bad guy. Yeah. And I immediately it's like, it's checked like a demon out. with wings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm, cheesy as fuck. I, they, I'm sure if we went back of, to it now, it would a be A lot like of films have worse. that problem. Yeah. The Descent. Yeah. They did the same thing with The Descent. Descent, yeah. Where I... That I, was a great movie for yeah. the first part. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is going to be some bullshit. And I start watching, I'm like, oh, hang on. Oh. oh yeah. All female cast, still good. Still good. Fucking great. I got this. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second those like cave dweller fucking things showed up, I was like, uh. Yeah. Mm. The CGI why? and the makeup betrays you. Why? <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. Sometimes yeah. like. It, it needs to be hidden. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, this is super, super well done. Playing like, on like the imagination. You got to play on people's imagination. Yeah. The that, unknown, like the, the unknown. That's yeah. why people are like afraid to like swim in lakes right because you can't see what's underneath right you. yeah you know, like unfortunately anything. that's the same thing that's harnessed to make people paranoid and vote for idiots and make true bad decisions and true. consume mm-hmm. and that 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 whole aspect of us is exploited to other ends for sure but also when they're better at it doing it with with politics than they are with the scary movies man <laughs> i sometimes i can't open my eyes underwater if i'm swimming in a lake really I can't do it. It's too freaky. I'd rather just keep my head above the water or keep my eyes closed. What really? creeps me yeah. out with lakes is the the weird cold currents in under like when yeah. you Oh yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. There, there's like, like three the or four 
temperatures yeah. in, inside of a body of water. You're like, yeah. what, what the hell? And then a little little uh, algae like catches your toes. You're like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's sort of built into us to, to register these little changes in temperature. Or like a, sl- a slimy bottom. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. Even it's though it's so gross. It's not threatening in any no. way. No. It's just a little slimy mud. Yeah. But the fact that you're not touching just smooth concrete or whatever the fuck yeah yeah it's so disturbing you guys are in the ocean you don't have any of that stuff but like they're like so many more things that can kill you yeah (laughs) yeah but the weird like somehow you're fine with it because you can see what's going on yeah and it's not not slimy yeah (laughs) no it's slimy and green in lakes it's slimy and it's green whenever i open my eyes in a lake it's green yeah, it's all it's brown. all very or brown brownish green yeah it's just not conducive to any kind of secure situation. No, no yeah even though yeah you're probably pretty fucking good if you're in a lake and what's what's the worst gonna happen what's like the a, worst like a perch is gonna come and like nibble on your toe yeah exactly yeah Fuck that person. Smallmouth bass. <laughs> Actually, <it's> like <laughs> brush up against your leg. That is enough. That is enough to get me nightmares. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's just. Uh, and then you, when you hear these stories of like these fish that swim up your penis. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. In Africa. Here, but no, in like, Africa, right? Yeah. Or uh, just weird insects. Like I had a friend from Saint Lucia in the Caribbean who told me that there are these weird birds in Saint Lucia that are not quite birds, not quite insects, and they just hang off trees like fruit. So they can be mistaken for fruit. They just, like, hang there. And for to an untrained eye, they're just, like, these little... It looks like some sort of weird papaya thing or whatever hanging off the tree, but this is actually a, a, an insect bird type with a stinger. And what they do is they wait for someone to pass underneath, and then just they just, like, halo drop and drive their fucking stingers into your back or your shoulder. And while it's not poisonous, it's painful as... Like, it's super painful. What's the upside for the animal? God knows. Why did they develop this? God knows. (laughs) Why did you do this? I literally mean God knows. Like, he he owes us some answers. (laughs) Why the fuck he would design something like this other than to mess with us? Yeah. But they just like this is their thing. They just like halo, like like dive bomb, and then kaplow in your shoulder. Like, ah! Right, you're in the middle of your little like daiquiri, va- yeah, yeah. Caribbean fucking vacation thing, little, and then they're like, oh, what an interesting tree. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, and then like your it swells up a bit, and then it's gone. But like to, the just having that happen to you must scar you for life. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Scariest dream. Scariest dream? You've ever had. What's the dream that has, mm. a, has stuck with you? Okay, scariest dream. Because I don't have any new material for like the the other thing. Because we for for like the love night. and hate split? Because yeah. I'm pretty much at the same place I was last night. Okay, yeah, fair, fair enough. You got a dream that stuck with you? I'll start. Okay, I'll start. go. Because we were talking about the V thing before. That was that's probably the dream that stuck with me the most. Uh, after being in the stairwell, kind of half watching the show, but like aliens coming down and like eating people and eating whatnot. Mice. No, they were eating. They were harvesting humans. All oh, right. And storing them for 
eating them later on, which uh-huh. was terrifying to me at the time. I remember like having the dream of they would have these sort of um, not a suit, but like a kind of like a pod where they would store the humans in, and you could see like there's a little window over their face, oh. but they're kind of like suspended animation, kind of frozen. And I remember uh, seeing my family go by on the com- on the crap. conveyor belt all kind of in suspended animation being stored for for food that was that was i think to this day that's like the the nightmare that stuck with me the most well i mm. haven't had that nightmare but now it's also my worst nightmare <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah of his family of his family yeah. that i've never seen that's where my like 10 year old brain went <laughs> with with that yeah that people were food and like oh shit well, you were saying how like the, the, the unknown is the most terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. Well, at ten, when you're ten, everything is unknown. Yeah, you don't even have theories. You just have images and sounds, and yeah. and, and people telling you what they're supposed to mean. And you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So you almost watching, catching glimpses of V. Yeah, because I never worse saw worse than I, seeing the whole episode for sure. Because it was cheesy as fuck. Right. But I never, I never saw the villains. I just knew that they were that they were, they were eating people. They were eating people, and they were kind of uh, I don't know, like they were like lizard people. But I didn't right. see like the special effects so much. All right, I just heard the like the audio. Dang. Yeah, in fact, like that that example is one of the reasons. That's one of the examples that I give to people when I talk about how the imagination is always going to be uh, better than than what they can ever show you. You know. Um, is your example with V because the funniest thing for me is that th- like this scared the shit out of you for the longest time and then years later as an adult you rent the VHS and you watch it and you're like this is ridiculously this is bad this is so bad <laughs> and it aged particularly they have, had, yeah. they have bandanas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was hilariously bad to you it was like point. stop motion animation yeah like. very basic stuff <laughs> like probably if you could Flash go to the titan style probably could, if you had the chance to go back and not watch that as an adult you probably would have chosen to not watch that as an adult <laughs> just to have that like do you, do you have example. something to do you have something like that up there well i don't have like um i don't have necessarily like a scary dream like that but like recurring dream uh and this it's funny because it kind of it ties into a bully story but uh but um i always had that dream of of like the slow motion you get into a fight and then like you can only move your fist like super super slowly and the guy's like what are you doing (laughs) you're just kind of pushing their face with your fist lack of power (laughs) it's doing nothing like i had that for the longest time until powerlessness yeah yeah until uh until one day it was in high school and uh, i just had like a particularly bad day i was just like i wasn't in a good mood that day and i sat down to my desk and uh there was a kid in like the the back of the class and he was just crumpling up pieces of paper and 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 throwing them at people but he, he didn't mean to hit me with it but he did he hit me with one of them and 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 on any other day it would have been fine but it was just i was just in a bad mood so i turned around and i told him like you know one of these hits me again you're gonna eat it so of course he 
crumples one up just for me and throws it right at my head. So I get up and uh, and I, I grab the piece of paper off the floor and I stand over him at his desk and I chuck it at his head. And then uh, he lunges for me. Like, he, he goes for my neck, like, you know? And I punched him right in the face. It's the only time I've really ever punched anybody in the face. But I punched him in the face and that we got separated at that moment. Um, the funny thing about that is uh, his face, he didn't have any marks on it whatsoever. Like, he, he was completely fine afterwards. And my hand was fucked <laughs> like i was icing i hit with like my my pinky and ring uh knuckles so like i i hit him totally wrong i didn't know what the fuck i was doing and, like so i was icing my hand afterwards I, I did way more damage to my hand than i did to his face but at least i knew that i could pull that trigger and uh and i stopped having that that slow motion oh, interesting uh, punching dream afterwards very interesting yeah okay how about you? Um, um, I'm having trouble pinpointing the scariest dream, but I can think of a couple. Um, well, whichever one that just well, as a kid, resonates. As a very young, very young child, I consistently had a reoccurring dream of falling off the ledge of the balcony or off the top of the building. Mm. But it would be a slow motion fall all the time. But then my super dreams, like my happy dreams, were always flying. Hmm. So that was confusing, right? Because in one, I would be like, yeah, freedom. And I'm like flying through the air. And in another, it would be like this slow motion can't prevent from going over the edge. Hmm. And that became an issue for me in my teens. Because whenever I'd go to parties that would end up on rooftops and stuff, anybody that would start horsing around, I would like... I would almost get borderline hostile with them. I'd be like, you stay the fuck here. You don't go over there. You hear me? And the guy's like, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Who, who are you? <laughs> like, that's not, the, that's not the point. You don't go near the edge, right? And I started to have dreams about that too, of people going over and not me not being able to stop them yeah. from doing it or catching them. But that was more anxiety than fear. Yeah. Um, one very scary dream that I had and I think he may have been turned into a film. With, One of uh, yours? <laughs> no, unfortunately. No, I should explore that. But uh, nobody knew me. Okay. Nobody recognized me. Nobody. Mm. In And like nobody, not my own mother, nobody. And nobody cared and nobody recognized me. Not only just not cared, but did not actually know who I was. And I was just there, like like a like a clown, like trying to explain to them, like I'm your I'm your I'm your son. What do you mean you don't recognize me? Like I'm sorry, I really don't have time for this. I'm like, what? No, uh. you can't do that. And like, what the fuck? And waking up, and of course there were a whole bunch of like uh, killers getting to people I loved, and I couldn't stop them. It got in the way, and I couldn't stop them and stuff like that. Um, but. Almost, I think, if I had to sort of sum it up, every time I've had something that has really, like, made me wake up and, like, be almost choked up. Yeah. Has been abandonment-related. And I don't think there's too much psych... Like, I don't need to be a psychologist 
or yeah, like yeah. a genius to figure out why that might be. Yeah, I can feel you on that one. Man. Yeah, I, th- I yeah. thought you would. I thought yeah. you would. You would recognize. Yeah, you would recognize that situation. Yeah. Uh, abandonment. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's huge. It scared me as a child. Now it it um, it angers me. Oh yeah. It no longer scares me because I've steeled myself against the possibilities. Yeah. Now it angers me. Right. And a lot of that plays out in your dreams, right? Yeah. That's a, I mean, I don't want to get into a whole new tirade here, but that's something that I think we're all um, dealing with a bunch is is this um, interconnectedness versus loneliness thing that we're more interconnected than we've ever been. And yet we're, we're lonelier than we've ever been at the same time. And like, uh, you know, as, as you progress through life and stuff, you have to kind of come to the terms come to terms with the fact that you you might end up dying alone you know yeah like you know what's interesting like i've never had any internet related dreams or cell phone related dreams and i mm-hmm. wonder if that's generational because i was born without and i lived a, a, like a, a portion of my life without those technologies yeah i'm wondering if like the the new kids like the the next generations like they're having like oh man and i was texting and texting and like the emoji just was would not work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just kept sending the smiley, but all I would send is the like thumbs up. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> and my dial my connection would not, and I, my Wi-Fi wasn't working. Like I'm, I'm wondering yeah. if this is going on. Probably that's the thing that in in dreams, like you can't you can't do like any kind of like math. I don't you can't like, do math. Right, in your numbers dreams. don't numbers don't work. Right. Like that part of your brain right. is is is. That's why looking at a clock apparently is like one of the ways that you can tell whether you're, if you're you're getting into lucid dreaming, that's one of the ways that they tell you. Because the first step is you need to recognize the fact that you're in a dream. Exactly. So one of the ways is look at a clock because the numbers won't make sense. Look at a clock or try to do arithmetic. In your dream. In your dream. Be like, two plus two is banana. (laughs) All right, right. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. (laughs) Have you guys ever had the finding money dream? Finding money? Finding money dream. No. I, I remember for, I used to, at some point, I started to have a bunch of reoccurring dreams about finding money, hmm. being somehow aware that I was dreaming, yeah. and then holding on to the money really hard in my dream, to try to, try to pull it out of my dream oh, shit. with me. Uh-huh. No, this is around the like 12 years old. Uh-huh. I mean, we weren't poor, but we were not that poor necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Like, we weren't like destitute, but... A little that, extra money wouldn't have hurt. Yeah. I think I was like trying to give it to my to my family. Like I was yeah. like, if I can get this out my of my dream, be so happy. Yeah. If I could, I could just like go, hey, here's like a couple of hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, um, I got it from my dreams. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that deep? This is for you. Isn't that yeah. deep? Like I want to hug like myself you were trying to help as a child in any way that you could. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. if I could go back just to hug myself as yeah. a child, like you know, just be like, it's, it's okay, okay, buddy. It's yeah. okay, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I love that. I love that without knowing. Like this was pre like being noble and being kind and being whatever. This is just pure childish like wanting good stuff to happen. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have the teeth dreams? Or like your teeth get fucked up? One time. Only once? That they would break. Uh, like I've, they would they break. Yeah. Have you had the teeth dreams? Oh, I've had a bunch. No, I don't Do you grind your teeth. teeth? Do you know if you grind your teeth? Apparently, this is this is funny actually. Uh, so as 
as a kid, the dentist would be like, he's, they would say to my parents, like, he's grinding his teeth at night and you got to do something about that because it's going to cause him problems. Um, I didn't tell my parents at the time. I don't know if they know now, but I wasn't grinding my teeth at night. I was grinding my teeth during the, during the day to the beat that was in my head. Oh, shit. I was like, that was like just a constant thing. I was just grinding my teeth to the song that was in my head. Oh, shit. Thank, God, like for, uh, time. thank God for smartphones, man. <laughs> they saved your teeth. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> That's where yeah. you were recording that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way to bring it all together. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. That's what very I do. nice. Very nice. <laughs> I right. want to tell one more story about dreams. And this is a cautionary tale to all of you. Do it. Uh, this is uh, um, my my drummer, Jeremy. We love you, Jer. Jer. We love you, man. Wiggins. Uh, Jer Wiggins. Wiggins. One of my favorite people in the whole wide world. We've been through a lot together. Um, one day... He makes you a better man. I just want to tell yeah, you. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I was having a dream at one point, And I don't know if you guys have ever had this, where you're like dreaming and one of your friends or someone that you care about is in your dream. And uh, so in this particular case, we were... It was one of those dreams where you, you can't f- quite fly but you can jump really high so me and Jer were were like running down the street and jumping super super high and then landing and then I turned to him and I'm like how crazy is this that we're in the same dream right now you know and then uh, <laughs> so I woke up the next day and I, I, I called him immediately and I'm like how fucked up was that dude and he's like what how crazy that we are in the same dream. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I love it. And I love to it. this day, to this day, I'm still extremely disappointed in him for not just, he should have just gone with it. Yeah. Like, like, soon, <laughs> dude, I was there. Yeah, exactly. I was there. If that ever happens to me and if, if I'm ever in his position, I hope that I'll be able to be like, Dude, I know. See, like some some lies, <laughs> some lies are positive. Some lies yeah, are yeah. great. He could have been there. Just, not, or just, just doesn't remember. Or, it. but like, even if somebody says to you, like, "How crazy was it that we were in the same dream?" Just be like, "I know, dude. I was there." <laughs> <laughs> and fuck you, Jer, fuck for you, not Jer. doing that. <laughs> Where's the love, man? Where's the love? He could have just rolled with it. We he should have just rolled. He should have rolled with it, man. You know, I mean, I know this was supposed to be the closing story, but yeah. it just reminded me of something. Yeah. There was one time in my life that I took control of a dream. Oh, yeah? Yeah, not fully. But I made I made a decision, but not one that woke me up. Because, you know, when you usually start making conscious decisions, you're like, oh, what the fuck? And you wake up. Yeah, and then you can't get back into it. You're like, it. oh, come on, come on, come on. I was yeah. about to have sex. Come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> The bubble gets popped. Right. You can get back into a nightmare, no problem. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a second. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want to go into that. But yeah. um, uh, all I remember is I was in a weird house, like a Victorian-type house or like a European house with stone foundations, and there was some kind of weird murder mystery night going on, right? Uh-huh. It wasn't well-defined. Like, I don't remember how many people were there, what they were wearing. But I just, you know, sometimes you don't actually see all of the information. Yeah. You just, you, it's, it's assumed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
right? You haven't actually seen all the things that are in your dream. You're like, yes, and then we, there was a house and there was a motorcycle, but there wasn't a motorcycle. You just knew there was a motorcycle, right? But like, there was a fire, fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Uh, you knew there was a fire and a hole, right. and but there w- the fire was never in the hole. Right. Anyway, all I remember was is it was like a weird, stupid, fictional clue-like dinner party, like mirror mystery party, and then the person that was costumed as like your standard Bella Lugosi vampire ha- started to get Nosferatu face. Mm. You know, like when it's not just like the teeth extending and their eyes glowing. They start getting that nasty, like, like, like bat face, mm-hmm. and he's like, it went like that on the whole congregation. Everyone just started running, and in the dream, I was scared and running from this thing, and it, it was just like upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs, through the kitchen, down the thing, and it was just like, and this thing is just like closing and closing, and for some reason, in the dream, I was, I must have been fifteen or sixteen at the time, I was like, I just stopped from running and I turned around and I was like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And the monster actually was like, (laughs) 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 but this is all happening within like the space of a second or four hours, depending on what the reality of it was. And I was like, "Uh, can we join? Can we just work together? Can I be part of the scarer and not be part of the, the scare E? And he's like, all right. <laughs> and then the two of us were like, ah, like running after everyone, chasing them up and down. And then I woke up minutes later. But I, till this day, I have a very strong memory of my affecting a decision in the dream instead of it ha- having its way with me, me going like, fuck you. Can I'm, jo- I? I'm joining the dark side. We're like, yeah. Eh? Can we? Yeah. What if I just stop running? Can we? And then the monster going like, all right, all right. Yeah. And then suddenly it became comical. Yeah. It became comical. And I, and I, and I, but the thing is that this was a scary dream that I turned into a happy, not yeah. happy, but like a goofy dream. It's almost comparable to like a terrible Facebook argument where like, <laughs> where like someone wants to shoot fire at you and you're like, and then you give them the platform and like, oh, I actually really want to hear what you have to say. Right. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) let's join forces (laughs) well this has been absolutely uh this has been absolutely great yeah love it uh we've gone way over time i don't care um i have a really early start tomorrow but it's been wonderful (laughs) i'm just gonna cancel all my work tomorrow yeah fuck it let's just lose the income but fuck it yeah totally worth it because uh god damn it man can you just become like a, a regular part of the show <laughs> yeah. can we just i kind of always am uh if you think about it i'm always here in spirit because i sound exactly like your co-host yes but <laughs> but I, I i clearly know that you're a you're you're a man with your own thoughts and your own uh musings <laughs> yeah you can just quit the music thing and just and become podcast yeah, if podcast. you would just put that yes. a nuisance aside that, yeah, yeah. that brilliance <laughs> that you have for music okay so to close this off on like a positive note yeah. uh, holster yeah where what's status check status check on holster what's going on we just uh, put out our first ep it's three songs um and it's free for download where can we hear it just go to holster montreal uh look for holster montreal on facebook that's H O L S T E R. All exactly how you would imagine that it's spelled. Holster 
Montreal, one word on Facebook, and there's a link to go download our thing. We just put it up for free because fuck it, we just want as many yeah. people to hear it as possible. Yeah. And yeah. and have you been getting some uh, response already? The response has been great. The people people really like it. The thing is with this stuff, it's not meant for everybody. So if you don't like it, that's totally cool. It's, if, if you don't like it, it's not for you. Yeah. There are some people that that it's for. Some people that it's it's not for. Yeah, but the, it it. Of all of the projects you've done, uh, I definitely get a feeling of like uh, this is happening with your consent or without it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, there's, kind of there's, a, I could feel that coming through the music. I think that there's like a, at a certain point you, you 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 get you stop really trying to please everybody, and and that's that's where we've gotten at this point is we're not we're not looking to please everybody. We're gonna do what what we want to do, and there's gonna be some people that dig it and some people that don't. Yeah, who um, does that remind you of, Richard? I have. Could it be the show? Possibly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why we get along. We're all growing together. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. So yeah. Holster, check it out. Right. Yeah, go, go download it. Uh, we're not looking to make any money off of it. We just want to, if, if, if it's something that you like, we just want it to be in your ears as much as possible. Cool. And then come come see us live. I can't wait for the uh, the, the the fire in a hole theme song. Once you fleshed it out, whatever time that takes you to do it. Yeah. Uh, I just want to play it loud and proud when uh, on the show when it comes out, and uh, send it into the send it into this the, the mind consciousness yeah, yeah. spheres. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll all come <laughs> full circle. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Uh, check us out on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. Uh, yeah. Really, if you love this show, or even if you like it, and if you follow it, um, and if you want to help us out, there's a really easy, free way of doing it, Richard. What is that? you got to just subscribe on iTunes, and rate, and leave us a review if you can, and that's the best way you can help out.